1: Welcome to Brother Date, Star Trek edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. I wanted to keep the integrity of the Trek this time. It's it's not a ha-ha show. It's not Star Treks. Oh, I see. It's Star Trek. This
0: this is the week that has earned dignity?
1: Yeah, finally. Well, you know what? Um, We'll get into why. You'll see (laughs) when we get to TNG. Why we have earned? Why it has earned some integrity finally?
0: All right, that's a that's an exciting teaser.
1: Mm-hmm. So pay attention. don't get to start Only a few hours, everybody. Then you'll get to know.
0: That's right. We don't get to start with TNG because, as always, we are going to go in the reverse order of last week. So fifth place last week, which also means,
1: as always, it's Voyager.
0: We are. We will be starting <laughs> with Voyager. We are doing something a little bit different, though. Uh, we did a little horse trading, so we're not going to be trading off episode descriptions as usual.
1: Yeah, you seemed unhappy to have to do three of them, and I seemed unhappy to have to do TOS, so we just traded. Now, I'll do three of them, but you do TOS.
0: That's right. So we'll see if we have any
1: more energy for it at the end, based on that. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like all the changes we make from here on out are just going to be to make this less terrible for us.
0: Just to (laughs) to get us through the fucking thing. Uh, First this week is Voyager. That means we watched The Swarm.
1: Is this a J.J. Abrams joint?
0: Yeah, that's right. If Janeway, had, uh, if Janeway was in the Kelvin timeline, <laughs> she would have read about how to deal with a swarm of robot ships attacking. The answer is to play the Beastie Boys at them loudly. <sighs> so loudly they blow up.
1: Well, I mean, that's not any dumber than COS where typically a robot will blow up if you just say something that's kind of like a non sequitur at it. It'll just blow up. Or
0: just ask it to compute the last digit of pi
1: or whatever. Yeah, it'll just go up in flames. Um, All right. Well, we get to start off with a a rare pairing of Bellana and Tom Paris in a shuttle, uh, zipping around, doing something. It seemed like he was mostly just taking a pass at her. And uh, then they get boarded by some aliens who who shoot him up pretty good. They don't do much else, though. They just kind of leave them there to get picked up by Voyager. Uh, Voyager comes... I'm just going to do the A-plot first. Voyager comes and picks them up, and they get a message from these dudes that seems to be uh, a map of their region. Is that right?
0: Yes, except that before they get a message, Janeway's like, I want to find out what happened to my people. Send a wide, wide, band subspace message. I'm gonna beam the whole fucking quadrant. That's right. Someone yeah. owes me an answer.
1: She yeah. She beams it out to the quadrant. Hey, who shot my my sweet TP? That's what she's calling Tom Paris these days. Who who shot my sweet TP? And uh, and these guys reply and they were like, Hey, this is all our territory. And Neelix is like, Ah, oh, I know. I've heard tell of these guys. They they're bad news. If if you try to go into their territory, if you leave them alone, then you're fine. And they're like, oh, but if we go around their territory, it's going to take, like, <sighs> like, 15 more months on our 700-month journey or whatever. Yep. So, boy, I don't know if we can really afford that. So, no, we're going to go through it. And, like, Jamie's like, let's go through it. And then is like, let's go through it. And Harry Kim gets all excited. He's like, yeah, we should go through their territory. <sighs> and uh, Tuvok points out that that is against Starfleet regulations, because I think it's against everyone's regulations. Yeah. To just kind of zip around in a starship in somebody else's claimed territory. It's like,
0: oh, thanks for telling us where your borders are, now fuck you.
1: Yeah. Um, also, the fact that Neelix explained how violent and terrible these people were, if you tried to go through. But they're like, nah, this is going to be a super fun puzzle for us to solve. How to violate their territory in the easiest, quickest way.
0: So, to be fair to Janeway, what Neelix told her was useless. No one knows these people's names. It's whispers and nightmares. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she should, if she had looked at him and said, "It's okay to just admit that you don't." You that don't you're know useless who these people are. Now that we're not that running we're into the K's on the, every day, it's okay that we, <laughs> yes, now that we're far away from where we picked you up, it's a, it's okay to admit it. You don't you don't have to make it. But I would have given this episode so many points if she had just turned to him and said, "Look."
1: Yeah. I don't always. I need asked you, to you that tolerate.
0: question in case you knew something. It's okay if the answer is I don't know.
1: Actually, you can start skipping the briefings if you want. We know, <laughs> yeah. We know you don't know anything anymore.
0: We'll call so you if we have food
1: questions. But hey, your shuttle you could be cleaned. Why don't you go down there and work on that? Uh, anyway, Tufok tries to point out that this ain't the good shit, but he only sort of half tries. I think. I think he knows now. That he is not in position, that he's not on good footing, because he's always just, like, doing whatever he wants to. So he's like, hey, I don't think we should do this, and then she's like, nah, we're gonna do it, and he goes, yeah, alright.
0: I realize that I have been demoted once for treason.
1: (laughs) So I should probably not press my luck. Uh, So in this A-plot, as it continues, uh, they figure out there's a little narrow passage of space that they might be able to zip through if they... I don't know, adjust their shield modulation or whatever, so they get through the sensor net without being detected, and then it's just... like
0: the Danzig corridor, right? Yes, like...
1: it's a very thin little strip that they can zip through in a matter of days, but they say three or four days or something. Yeah, if they just hurry if, they can, as,
0: up. if they can keep you know pretty pretty near their maximum warp, it's just a few days through this fucking thing.
1: So that's what they go for, um, but when they get across, they realize there's some drag that they're noticing on their ship and uh they come across a, another ship that got all uh, pummeled by these aliens and he's <laughs> like oh hey like a whole swarm of them showed up like a bunch of them and they uh they were all over our ship and then they boarded us and then they they shot us all the shit and then that that boy dies and they've been detecting this swarm of ships so they're like nah mm, we're just going to book it i think it'll be okay let's just book it but then the swarm catches up to him and um, they try to attach themselves all over Voyager and, uh, and zap them into submission. They pull some techno babble shit out pretty quick about, um, again, sh- shield shield modulations and phaser frequencies. Yep, yep. To blast these old boys. And then they blow up a whole bunch of them and probably kill a lot of aliens. And then they go on their merry way all smiling. Yep. B-plot. B-plot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shmullus. Uh, is having some dang old memory loss. First, we see it on the holodeck. I'm so glad to see that that scene pop up. He's yeah, doing he's an singing, opera program. He's singing opera. And he and this lady opera singer aren't getting along, and then he starts to forget the lyrics, and he thinks it's because he's frustrated.
0: See, it's funny because they're both divas. That's Do you right. get it?
1: I think I get it. Okay, But maybe the viewer was not sophisticated in nineteen. Maybe we'll have
0: to whatever. have him talk about how divas are, how, how terrible it is to work with divas. So that we know that he doesn't see. <sighs> <laughs> well,
1: I just all I know is that the scene starts, and I see that we are looking at some some bad costume, old timey stuff, and I ah oh, the fucking holodeck. Ah, oh, god damn it. Anyway, he thinks it's because he's frustrated that he's starting to forget the lyrics to the songs. But then when he gets to sick bay and he's trying to help out TP, that's what that's what we're calling him now. Yeah, I, uh, TP who's been zapped, uh, and Balana—he's not doing so good at remembering how to do doctor stuff either. And they figure out it's because his uh, his program's losing cohesion, integrity, whatever.
0: Yeah, his 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 holographic AI matrix is—it's all wrong.
1: Yeah, it's on the it's on the fritz. Is that an insult against Germans?
0: That's a good question. Probably right.
1: Um. So they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and the simple solution is just to reset the motherfucker. Just uh, click Reset Factory Settings, and then he'll be fine, and he'll be able to do doctor stuff again. But mm, he won't have all his great memories and personality that he's developed. He won't remember that his name is Schmullis <coughs> or that once he he kissed a lady on the holodeck or whatever. So Kes uh, begs everyone to please treat him like he's sentient, since on Voyager, they really don't want to do that.
0: No, they're not interested in it. We are, they're like, we are out in the fucking Delta Quadrant. I don't want to have this discussion.
1: We are in season three, and the captain still very much does not treat him like he's a person. No. Uh, so they're like, like, all right, fuck, whatever. We got something else to worry about anyway, so uh, we won't do this right now. If you can figure out how to fix him, go fix him. Um, Belana finds an old uh, uh, diagnostic program uh, that she can access on the holiday. Kind of like what Geordie does in that episode with Leah Brahms. Mm, yeah, it's a little bit like that one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. And they go in there and it uh, turns out they're, they meet the diagnostic program, which is also uh, designed to mimic the personality and appearance of the creator of the program, Dr. Zimmerman. So it, Picardo gets to play two characters. Yeah. And sing opera. Yeah. In one episode. And wear a wig. And wear a wig and um, play like uh, Forrest Gump in one of these medical scenes. scenes. He don't He don't know. <laughs> he, he does. Don't, he don't know what words mean or what to do. He um, does go full R. So it's not. It's not good if you're trying to avoid Picardo. That's not the episode for you.
0: No, give this one a miss <laughs> if you're done with Picardo. He consistently ranks fairly high in our actor ranking,
1: but yes. still, but his character is still very hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this diagnostic program's like, hey, just reset him to factory. In fact, do a factory reset, he'll be fine. And they're like, no, we need you to figure out what exactly is happening so that we can fix it and keep his personality and shit. Uh, the guy figures out it's because of all the personality stuff uh, that his program's breaking down. It takes up, like, the vast majority of his main tricks now. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kess and that guy keep working on it while the whole swarm thing is happening outside. Uh, and the doctor keeps getting dumber and dumber, and like just again, there's a scene in sick bay where he just keeps saying that he needs to help the sick man. Right? Well, well after the guy has died, yeah, he's just pointing a probe at him or whatever, which I thought was pretty insensitive. That old boy died.
0: Yeah, where's Chakotay telling him, "No, don't do that." <laughs> yeah, Chakotay. Show some you, goddamn respect. You
1: cannot point the probe at the corpse, just in case. That's the just in case rule. Uh, anyway. Uh, they they figure out a way to repair the EMH at the very end of the episode. At first, you you think, oh, it didn't work because he's all he acts like he did when they first turned him on in the pilot. But then, right before the episode ends, he starts to sing some opera again, and that's how you know everything's gonna be just, just great. So what do you got? Oh, so the way they fixed him, they used the diagnostic program, right? They just sacrificed that program. They
0: spliced that guy's matrix onto Solus's matrix. Which this is going to happen again in like is a month. A yeah. One way operation. You can never have the diagnostic program again, and you can't repeat this. Like this dude isn't a fucking computer. Like you, like uh, Torres should have said, "What if we just make a copy of you first?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can just copy and instead of cutting. We what can if we copy. edit
0: the copy? <laughs> yeah
1: no though no you can only do it not, this way
0: not in voyager don't ask about it
1: and it doesn't solve the problem it just makes his matrix bigger so this will happen again in another two years or whatever right so anyway what what the fuck was this what was it
0: you're not gonna like hearing this take oh sometimes you get away with one.
1: Oh yeah that is pretty cynical
0: they weren't supposed to keep the doctor running for two years, and they had no business in that territory. But luckily, they have technical solutions for both problems.
1: That's true. And it is Boo. just technobabble. Boo! Yeah, it's not good.
0: It, that, there is a technical problem, and they fix it. There is no one, like...
1: That's a lot I don't of Voyager. I, I, remember
0: I don't early- want to go too deep into execution right now, because I'm going to shout about it for 15 <laughs> minutes when we get there. So I'm just going to say... I, I didn't think there was a better take than that. That take sucks. It's a one.
1: Um, do you remember early when we were doing this, after the first few episodes, my take on every Voyager was that all they did was write Technobabble and yeah. then loosely arrange a plot around Technobabble? That yeah. was this for sure. They had two plots. It was just Technobabble.
0: So it's not, right? So the the smallest plot is, isn't Alzheimer's bad, but it's not about that.
1: Nope. No, there's
0: no lesson to take away from it.
1: Well, anyway, I told you a long time ago to stop accessing my Google Notes. I don't remember sharing the document with you. <laughs> I don't know why you're always in there, just to pass <laughs> off my ideas as your own.
0: I'm a wild hacker. Go ahead, what did <laughs> you have for the take?
1: My take was: if you get away with it, there's nothing wrong with violating regulations yep, or other well, territory. Yeah, Well. <laughs> so that was all. Well, how many one. points
0: is that worth? That That's a great a- take.
1: It was a one for me as well. Yeah,
0: look, Ben's a little. He's giving him a little more credit. He, he's his take for this one is complex systems can be easily disrupted. Wow, swarm I mean, gets one good phaser blast. The doc gets his memories lost, but he's not confident about it. But he, for him, that's a four.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if that is not the cynical take that we have, I don't. Know, I don't know if I could give that more than one point. If that was my I take, mean,
0: if they like. Used the complexity of the swarm against itself in some way instead of just remodulate the energy frequency. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, they're gone.
1: That's like a Star Trek favorite, too. Or cause they left. Because they know it's something they'll never even have to really pretend to explain. They right. just go, oh, just like remodulate the frequency. And then, ah, we won. You're like, okay, great. Um. <sighs> Well, um, let me yeah, just I, dip into I, my execution here. I agree
0: say. that there are two complex systems uh, in this episode. Assuming the swarm is complex, yeah. it's kind of not easy to tell. Like <laughs> are ants complex just because they have swarm behavior?
1: Um, they puke out chemicals into each other's mouths, and that's how they communicate. Is that complex? That's it's vile. <laughs> it's vile. <fine>, it's terrible. And <laughs> you've been thinking about ants a lot lately, haven't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, if that had been my take, I don't know how much, how many more points than one I could have given it for the complex systems one. Cause oh, that's see. like a, that, to me, that's a, so what? Like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I guess so. You can't really make an have, episode about that. You have that. a
0: point. <laughs>
1: um, but anyways, uh, I couldn't find a link between the A and B plots anyway. So he did a better job than we did on that. But,
0: um, well, it's, it's like the A plot puts pressure on the B plot. But not in a way that makes sense. So we'll talk about that in Execution.
1: So, Execution. Uh, Janeway, I guess now, is a smiling goon. Like a space pirate going around killing aliens for sport, I guess? Yeah. Okay, so look. Remember a few episodes ago when Sulu was around? I do. And she was like, ah, it would have been great to be like those dudes. It was a different time, but you could just really go out and punch an alien in the dick.
0: And this week she's doing it. And
1: I think that is what now her character is, but like she's not good at it and doesn't really get it. Like, Archer does a lot of stupid shit, but it's because he has like a weird moral code that he absolutely cannot suppress.
0: Man, okay, I get it, but for a minute I thought you were talking about Archer from the TV show Archer, and I was going to say, I mean, does he?
1: <laughs> no, no, sorry, I meant Captain you Jonathan. You mean Captain
0: Archer. Jonathan Archer from the TV <laughs> from show
1: Enterprise. Enterprise. He has, like, a weird moral code that he cannot be cool about, even for one second. That's correct. And that's what gets him into trouble. This is not the case in this episode for Janeway. She's just like, I don't want to go around. Like, she thinks that... The the most realistic way they're getting home is not by taking 800 months or whatever. They're not going to get home that way. Yeah. That ship's not going to survive 800 months by itself out there or however long it's supposed to take them, 75 years, whatever it's going to be. Like, the only way they're going to get home is by finding a weird sneak anyway, like a weird right. wormhole and, or anomaly. And or who knows that they're not going to find that
0: skirting the border.
1: Yeah, like, who cares about adding the extra year and a half or whatever? Like that—that's You're not getting home the slow way. Right. The slow way means your ship's going to blow up and you're going to have to fucking survive on a planet somewhere. So just take it easy You'd go around. Anyway, and then I was going to say Kirk usually tries to follow Starfleet regulations, but can be kind of a cowboy out there, obviously.
0: He has the some of the same Archer mentality that the human way is the best way, and yeah. he doesn't mind imposing it on people. But yeah, he usually like calls Starfleet when he's supposed to.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would just be like, the Earth way is to violate this, these people's territory. Probably yeah. not.
0: No, it seems unlikely to me.
1: So I guess now that's her. Now she's just like, whatever, whatever we feel like, whatever me and Chakotay feel like is the right way to do it. Uh, B-plot, Kes and the Doctor. Yes. That is a recipe for me not giving a shit. But he
0: reminded us of the time he rubbed her feet. Yeah. And she reminded us that she's like two and a half years old or three years old. Yeah, there was By saying that she's known him most of her life. And, and then we're like, oh, that is true.
1: I don't think I could give points for the foot pervert continuity. I thought about it, but I uh, <laughs> didn't. into go, that idea? I don't think that's much. a thing I could do.
0: She is the only person on the ship that gives half a shit about him.
1: Yes, so I was saying, so at least that's consistent. Like She's yeah. the only one who thinks of him as more than a hollow program. And so she had to go out and and fucking stick, stick her neck out for him again and help him through everything and... Did nobody notice when he didn't know how to do doctor stuff in that scene? Was she, like, playing it cool on his behalf? I do not understand what was happening. I mean, yes, in a way, right? How come no one went, uh, let's just reset him. He can't talk words.
0: Yeah, or like, uh, no, 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 no. He's not... He's not in trouble. You understand you're not protecting him from being in trouble, right? <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: You are endangering a man's
1: life. Yeah, we, we need to be... Because you don't
0: want your friend to be embarrassed.
1: We need to be able to have a doctor who can save lives more than we need a doctor who's not being embarrassed. Yeah. Um, the, the fall, the personality fall for Janeway made this a two for me. Where the entire A-plot is an unnecessary thing that she did, which seemed villainous to me. Yes. On the face of it.
0: And nobody says dick. Tuvok nope. raises that point, And then <laughs> later when they're going to do it again, he kind of just goes. <sighs>
1: oh, well. Yeah. And they then... show him like smirking at the camera like it's the fucking the office or whatever.
0: But it doesn't come up like he doesn't say anything about it. Janeway's never like, eh, I, I, we made the wrong call on this. There's nothing. No,
1: they blow up hella aliens who yeah. are defending their territory from an incursion by an unknown alien force. Yeah. And then they smile, and it goes on, and the episode ends, and you just go, aww, oh, okay. So it's a two for me. Yeah.
0: Um. Ben's got it as a three.
1: Okay.
0: He, he likes the little bit of business Paris and Torres are doing before they get shot. Oh. Obviously, it's the same as Jordy can't figure out what music he wants to, to play on the radio before the Romulans show up or whatever.
1: I believe he comes up with something Latin. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, he gives it a three, you gave it a two.
1: Yeah, where are you on this one?
0: I'm giving it a one. All right. <laughs> this episode is a nightmare. So... Janeway doesn't care about rules. We've covered that. Hmm. Sure, when Juggernaut was loose, she was going to blow Voyager up. Yeah. Right? Because this was her problem and the right thing to do was deal with it.
1: Yeah, I think the Janeway that used to think that everything must be set right now has been replaced by pirate Janeway.
0: But um, the clock is totally artificial on this one. So, like, all right. You don't want to wait 15 months. You don't want to go around 15 months the long way. How about hanging on for a couple of days and let Harry Kim work out the universal translator? I know. So you can talk to these guys. <laughs> yeah. Also, by the way, holding on off a couple of days would let Torres work on the doctor so that when if you do have to gun it yeah. through alien territory, you have a doctor.
1: Yes, it does like, seem like it would be prudent to not rush this one.
0: Ever like, okay, fine. 15 months, whatever. It doesn't have to happen at the same time. Like, deal with one fucking crisis at a time.
1: Or just deal with either of them. <laughs> Take a beat. Her solution is kind of to deal with neither of them. She doesn't wait to get the translator fixed, so she can't communicate with the aliens, which is 100% the first priority.
0: So then here's another problem. And this, little, this little neck they're going to cross. Yeah. Four days to cross it. Okay. Space is three-dimensional. Sure. Is this thing infinite in height? (laughs) Like, okay, it's uh, four days across here, but it is, it would take 15 months to go over the
1: top. Bro, they didn't feel like they had to explain to you that Voyager is right at the midsection, at the mid-cross section of this thing that is exactly as tall as it is wide. Oh, I see. (laughs) So it'll take the same amount in any direction.
0: So like that's yes. it's very dumb. Yeah, the way it's very dumb. The way they, Star
1: Trek always treats space is extremely dumb. Like, it,
0: yeah, well, I mean it's very it's extremely it's, it's very stupid, very very dumb. Now here's here's a just a television making thing. If you're going to introduce the idea that Cass encouraging the Doctor to explore life is the cause of the problem, have her react or think about that. Yeah. Like. The dude's like, I mean, this is your fault. You know that this is your fault, right? And she's like, yeah, whatever.
1: She's like, yeah, but he's my friend, and he's a real person, and we're friends. So, suck it.
0: So, at the end of the day, this episode is Voyager encounters two technical problems and has two technical solutions. Yeah. This is not a moral question. There's no moral question about whether they should be doing this dumb stunt. Because Tuvok raises it, and everyone just looks at him like, you idiot. You stupid idiot. And then he's wrong, I guess.
1: You want to do 76 years instead of 75, you asshole? And there's
0: no one, no one, when Cass says, okay, but can we try to fix him? Because, like, he's done a lot, he's had a lot of growth in the last two years. No one's like, what? Fuck you, he's a hologram.
1: Yeah, they don't even bother to go through that plot again.
0: No, so they're like, I do what you want.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like, we're just going to leave you to it. You're Cass, yes. you can figure it out, you're two.
0: So it's like... There's no, there's no conflicts and there's no morals. There's no lessons. There's no teaching done here. This episode is, yeah. It'd be like if there was an episode of Knight Rider, where Knight Rider had a bad alternator, and luckily by the end, Michael Knight was able to fix the car. Yeah, and he'd be like, well,
1: but he didn't like have to like push it for ten miles in the desert and like confront nah. his own vulnerability or anything. Nah. He just like, he just like, oh no, I got a spare car gosh. had a
0: problem. He uh, he. I uh, went to Pep Boys. I got a new alternator. Yeah,
1: it was actually, it wasn't even as expensive as I thought it was going to be. It was pretty Oh, uh, It easy. turns
0: out it's actually fairly easy to replace the alternator on a Trans Am, so it wasn't <laughs> even a big deal. Yep. Yeah. A lot of space under that
1: hood, so, you know, I was able to get right in there.
0: So it's like nothing. It's nothing. It's not TV. It's one point.
1: Yeah, but what about that great scene in the end where you think he's the Reset Doctor and he, you they lost his personality anyway? Wasn't that a really dramatic moment? No, it wasn't.
0: No, it wasn't, it because was. again, they reach a point about three quarters of the way through the episode where they're like, look, we're going to lose him, but we have to reset him. Yeah, Like, we just have to do it. And even Cass is like, all right. <laughs> it's not like there's more heroics. From that point, all they're trying to do is reset him. Also, the fact that they're going to have to sacrifice this other hologram, no one gets shit won, including the hologram.
1: They've clearly never turned that program on before, so no yeah. one's going to miss it.
0: Yeah, no one's like... Hey, we could have, uh, we could have whatever this guy is too.
1: Yeah, that's right. We could use him as an engineer or something. Nah,
0: uh, this is just a—it's just a garbage. This is just a garbage <laughs> TV episode. <laughs>
1: All right, okay, but
0: I know that I know that Picardo liked it because he got to sing opera. But it's garbage.
1: But surely there was an opportunity in this quadrant to do some heavy universe building.
0: Sure, 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 sure. They've got uh, UV scrubbers in sickbay, so you can scrub in. Okay. I assume it was UV. It was orange. Who knows? Some kind of light. Right. Um, we see the instance of the Universal Translator not working, but it's not really explored, and then later on it sort of kind of works, but by then they're way committed.
1: Yep. It makes me really mad that the Universal Translator is even in the show.
0: Yep. Just don't explain it.
1: It's just used or abandoned at will.
0: Uh, sensors can put a picture on screen of a vessel that's five light years away.
1: It's pretty good sensors for sure.
0: That's some good ass sensors.
1: Does that mean that's like, how long oh, we've
0: detected? We've detected a huge ship five light years away. Jim was like on screen. What?
1: <laughs> Does that mean that's how far Troy's range is too? I know it's always I mean, just as long as the starship she's on.
0: We would. That's what we would expect. Uh computers. <laughs> the way Voyager's dumb computers work, okay. Polarons. All right. There's some kind of way in which one program can be added to another program in a way that destroys the first one, making it a one-time shot.
1: I feel oh. like that was a criticism again.
0: Yeah, I had a couple of criticisms <laughs> of the world building in this episode, in that if any of it continues, it will be making the world worse. Right. I gave it one point. Okay, All right.
1: This thing is on pace for a really excellent score.
0: Ben gave it a two.
1: Okay.
0: He says uh, bacteria and shit can stick to holograms because the doctor needs to scrub in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. God, that's dumb. Oh.
1: So I had the same note. Um, What I have is, I guess he's like, Shmolus is hard light because he still collects bacteria and needs to scrub in. So, like, he's still is solid in that room. So stuff still gets on him, even though he's I mean, we
0: know he light. can turn. We've we've seen it, where he uh, slapped Tom Paris or whatever, and mm-hmm. then he turned, invi- or turned, uh, boy, what would you call it? Non-corporeal? <laughs> so that he couldn't retaliate? Yep. So, uh, you think you could you just he just, like, uh, well, I mean, just flicker on and off? That'll get rid of all those bacterias.
1: I would think that would be an effective way to do it, and it wouldn't just be his hands. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be better. Yeah. So it was a two from Ben. Um... Soral and Tepenna, a Vulcan, perform operas. At, at least at some point they did. Uh, Giuseppina Pentangeli is thought by some to be the best lyric soprano of the 22nd century. I there's some, some opera history. Yeah, in here.
0: no, I get it. They do one of those two real ones and a fake one. Yes, I usually, I usually like that. I didn't even notice because I was so mad at that scene. I, get, he I get, mentioned Pavarotti, and then he probably mentioned a bunch of nobodies. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just like uh, the terrorist bombing of San Diego and Babylon 5. They always throw that one in, after some real-life ones. Um, uh, let's see, encroaching on territory... So many
0: flip-flops were destroyed that day.
1: <laughs> That's right, it was, like, grayer even than it usually is in June. Uh, encroaching on territory of an alien species is against Starfleet regulations. Um, I know that seems like common sense, but you never know. Uh, let's see... Uh, EMH created by a guy named Zimmerman. I didn't remember whether we'd already learned that. For some reason, the EMH was only designed to run for, like, 90 seconds or something. I forget
0: the exact time he says, but it's,
1: like, 15 hours or something. Why not just make one that can run for a while? You know? Just make a good one that'll run for a while.
0: Yeah, this uh, this I guess this technology was not ready for primetime, and Voyager got lucky that it mostly works.
1: uh yeah, they should have they should have built a good one. Um, interferometric pulses, which are like all reversey.
0: Yeah,
1: if you use them, it does a reversey. Uh, I guess some background on the Doctor's creations worth something. I gave it two points, but only because he's a main character in the show. Otherwise, it was a lot of nothing.
0: Well, how did you feel they did with characterization? This this is is, their last opportunity to score big.
1: This is uh, always a strong suit for Voyager. Um, Belana thinks Klingon bodies can't handle being cooped up in cockpits because she, like Negro Domus, believes stereotypes guide our destinies. (laughs) That's right. Tom Paris makes a pass at Belana because Voyager still doesn't understand that I don't like one character making passes at another. They are like my family, and my family shouldn't date. Haven't they read the Bible?
0: Yeah, like unless they're gonna, he's gonna go to a parallel universe in which he discovers that they're then already it's fine. dating. Then it's and okay. Then okay. Be like, huh? I wonder. <laughs> then it makes sense to me. That works for me.
1: Uh, Janeway, we've already talked a lot about her in this. Uh, it does suck, though. Yeah. Mm. Then she smiles when she asks Schmulis how he'd like. If you'd like to be reset to factory settings. She literally is smiling when she says to him, how would you like that, doctor? It's like she really wanted to pull the plug on this dude.
0: Oh, yeah. She got a real taste for it in Tuvix. She and
1: loves murder. She's been
0: driving her crazy that she can't do good murders.
1: Uh, Let's see. She missed
0: her opportunity with Suitor.
1: That's right. And She'll and never do like, it again. I really
0: wanted to. I really wanted to hang him.
1: I can't believe somebody killed that guy before I got to him. Then she compares this caper of crossing this territory to sneaking past her parents' bedroom in high school uh-huh. again with a wide fucking smile,
0: yeah, did oh she- yeah, they have a nice little moment on the bridge where they're all pretty excited about their human trafficking or whatever.
1: <laughs> did she forget the part where Bellana and Paris were shot, and like Paris was like badly injured for a while,
0: and right now they don't have a doctor,
1: and now they don't have a doctor anyway uh, uh kes is less murdery and wants to like take a minute and see if they can fix the doctor chakotay's all in on violating these aliens territory kim is all in on violating these aliens territory uh, only Kess wasn't a bad guy in this episode yeah uh, except for the doctor who had a personality altering impairment so that he's not really gonna get scored on this it's two
0: I gave it as many as three points. Ooh, this is this is the score where I'm a little higher than you.
1: Okay,
0: uh, I thought Kess was actually pretty okay in this one.
1: Yes, she's and what I, saved it from a one for me.
0: I liked that they gave Bolana at least a little bit of something to do because she's really been little league in it for the last. I don't know since the last time we had to meet her, click on half or whatever. They
1: have basically turned her into Dax. Like, yeah, y- you say a line every episode and you're good to go.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I thought that uh, Schmollis, when he when his memory was gone, was was fairly pathetic. I think that that was fine. Like, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, he wasn't doing clown shoes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I don't need two of them, and I don't need the one that's like kind of a fucked up incel. I didn't yeah. like that scene at all. Where the he was like he fell in love, and he's like, wait, are ladies into this dude?
1: because yeah. he's me, and he is an incel too. Yeah for sure.
0: Like why do you need to socialize? Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's a hologram that I'm criticizing. <laughs> uh, and uh, then of course the whole crew is like, "You know what? Fuck it with this. Let's break rules." Yeah. It really sucks. Like if you turn if you t- did the, if this episode was done from the point of view of the swarm aliens, yes. Like That's about what I'm saying. until about 55 Uh, Minutes out of the television Hour in like until like the last scene Before credits you'd be thinking is This like are we doing a Rashomon where we're seeing this from The aliens point of view (laughs) Or is this It gonna turn out that this is mirror universe Voyager and this is all gonna be a Cautionary tale?" like because
1: None of it makes sense
0: They they give the warning Of just stunning and leaving Paris and Bellana, Mm -hmm. right
1: because they can't talk to each other.
0: Then, in response to Voyager's query, they send the whole map of their fucking territory,
1: mm-hmm. the whole two-dimensional map of their territory, and some
0: other stuff. And then it's just like the next day, Voyager just fucking in there.
1: Oh yeah, just zipping across.
0: And then they blow up a whole bunch of them, and then yeah,
1: they just... a lot of aliens die. It's um, it's a bad it's like,
0: thing. If you turn this around, Voyager's the bad guys for sure.
1: And I don't think this is the first time that they have been the bad guys.
0: And, and we're just supposed to excuse it because, well, they got to get home.
1: Yeah, I, I weirdly have never cared about that. Isn't that? I don't think they're doing a good job of convincing us that that should be the viewer's priority. Cause like, no, they stopped every 15 care. minutes to
0: do a scientific survey. They check out every nebula in case there's fucking verteron particles in it or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, make it about going home in some way.
1: Well, it's okay. So it's not only that. <clears throat> if you've watched two or three Star Trek series before, before Voyager, right? So like maybe you've seen all the TNGs, and maybe you got to see some Tos's on reruns, and you're watching DS9 currently, and you're watching Voyager. You're probably pretty attached to the way the Federation does things.
0: Yep. We. Are, we. You. probably Well. So this is. Uh... Early Season 3 of Voyager, so early Season 5 of DS9. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, Cisco has have not we already gone seen
0: full... The, we haven't seen the darkest and worst of the Federation in DS9 No, yet, right? No, they
1: have not gone full Section 31, etc. All yeah. that nonsense on us. So you're probably pretty attached to like the Picard way of doing things. And his priority, 100%, would not be getting home. It would be like... Keeping their morality, right? Like yep. every Picard would have a speech every episode about how just because they're away from the Federation doesn't mean the Federation's rules don't still apply or whatever. But yeah,
0: Janeway does that one time, and it's in a scene where Chakotay's like, "I don't know, maybe the rules shouldn't apply." And then it, I thought the conclusion of that episode was, "But maybe they should." But now who knows? <laughs> no,
1: who knows? Yeah, so it's it's not good, and I don't think again. I don't think it's the first time that. The Starship Voyager has appeared to me to be the aggressor and the bad guy in an episode. So, that's happening.
0: Uh, ben gave it a four. I think he kind of likes uh, Schmollis' arc in this for characterization. Yeah. His quick hitters are that the, the swarm ships look like trilobites, and he's not wrong.
1: Yeah, it must be hard to come up with a lot of new alien ship designs.
0: Yeah. No, they don't really. They don't always bother. But at least, no. at least, I guess in the Delta Quadrant, they didn't feel like they could just keep shoving Uridian ships in <laughs> our face. Civilian and being, transport over and over you again. You know all about these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he gave best actor uh, to the EMH and worst to Kess. Yeah. Is uh, it me? Am I doing I quick think, hitters? Yeah, why
1: don't you, why don't you hit him?
0: I thought Helmsman Log was a very bad sign.
1: That's not great. <laughs> it's
0: not a great way to start the no. episode. Helmsman's log.
1: No, again, what I Why saw. Why does he keep a log? I saw it was TP and uh, Balana and a shuttle and I went, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And then I wrote, uh, Is Paris going to go after Torres now? But then I remembered that I've played Star Trek Online, so I do know
1: You about know that. all
0: about what goes I on there. I know all about what happens uh, from there. Uh, that murder she did really changed her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I thought uh, Shmolus and Cass were a real couple of mendons here. In that uh, I know he's the only doctor, so he's gonna have to do the surgery one way or another, but, like, you could have Torres look at the database first. Yeah. Don't just try it. Oh, I'll just read it to you. I'll just read the surgical procedure to you. <laughs> this
1: doesn't seem like a good way to do it.
0: Just, like, uh, there's a chain of command. Let's, let's do it here, also, guys. You, like, don't have to, you don't have to solve it all yourself.
1: In real life... Surgeons, in order to be qualified for a procedure, have to practice it like hundreds of times.
0: No, Cass can read it to you off a pad. <laughs> but
1: Kes just reads it to him, and he's just like, "Yeah, okay, cool. I don't remember anything about this, but sure, I'm good to go. Let's just do it." <clears throat>
0: uh, it was definitely true that Cass had known that weirdo most of her life, but it was still a crazy-sounding sentence.
1: Yeah, she's-
0: it's weird when the writers remember that she's two. She's
1: two. At least like, they're not just I guess just she could be three.
0: It. I don't remember when she turned two.
1: At least, there's, at least they didn't... Did they have her say she's two in this one, or just most of her life?
0: Just most of her life.
1: Okay, at least she's not just walking around going, I'm two. I don't yeah. I don't like that.
0: Definitely stop and render assistance, Janeway, while you're fucking sneaking through hostile space.
1: <laughs> she was really hoping to run into some aliens, dude. She wanted to somebody, get caught.
0: Somebody check her Matrix... Because she can't remember that that alien captain told her that they cover every part of the ship and drain energy. Because they just keep talking about there's no weapon signature.
1: Yeah. It's like, hey, he already yeah. told you how they do it. He told you what they do. Right before he died, and then you guys pointed that probe at him for a while and said you were going to heal the sick man. That guy really <laughs> you know. died for nothing. Just think yeah. about it.
0: <laughs> it's just so so, and this is another this is another reason that I gave this one point for execution. By the way. When they get into space, there's like, ah, there's a weird drag. We're not going to be able to go as fast as we want to. And it's like, oh, that's going to give the swarm time to catch up. But no, then they stop to help a fucking ship. So you didn't need the drag at all.
1: That's true. It was uh, a meaningless plot. Plot yeah. point. Yeah.
0: I gave best actor to Kess and worst actor to Zimmerman, probably.
1: Wow. You and Ben had it reverse. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I said Zimmerman, not, not Schmaltz. Oh,
1: sorry. Same actor, different character.
0: Yeah. What did you have in the quick hitting department?
1: Uh, just that I guessed Picardo went to the showrunners and asked if he could sing some shitty opera or something. And then he got to do a two-man play with Balana and pretend to go blind and shit. <laughs> yep. Then we got to meet the creator, also played by Picardo. Great foot pervert continuity. And there's a Ferengi in the thumbnail for next week's episode. So. Oh, yeah. Look is forward it, to uh, that. Is Who is that? I don't know. One of them fucking Ferengis. Who gives a shit? It's not good. It's going to be one of the
0: bars on wormhole Ferengis, right? Yes,
1: Voyager is so concerned with being in last place in this project
0: (sighs) Well, without adding it up they didn't score highly, so
1: No, this is some twisted level scoring for sure
0: Uh, We should move on, we've spent almost 45 minutes talking about this garbage pile of an episode Sometimes it's not the good ones we spend a lot of time on
1: No, we were very mad about Janeway
0: I in fourth place last week was deep space 9 mm. and that means this week we watched the gem hadar
1: all right I think I can do this one faster uh, Jake is doing one of them real garbage science experiments where he's like which laundry detergent is gonna make this strip of cloth whiter or or whatever and Cisco's like oh boy you're gonna you're gonna get a bad grade on that
0: Um, especially because his teacher used to be a botanist and he's doing a plant one
1: (laughs) yeah right exactly yeah
0: (laughs) see which which nutrient solution gives the plant the biggest roots
1: he's like this boy is definitely gonna fail so I'm going to use all the station's resources, which none of the other kids can, and I'm going to give him a big fat A plus. So he's like, "Hey, what would you do if, like, you, if you could do any science experiment, what would you do?" And Jake's like, "Um, learn how to fly a runabout." And he's like, "All right, shut the fuck up. What do you? <laughs> let's talk about science. What do you want to do, science-y? And he's like, "Oh, uh, I don't know. Can we do a planetary survey on the other side of the wormhole?" Anyway, Cisco's so like, "Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go do that. Let's go." let's go into that other quadrant and we'll do a planetary survey, which means I'm going to do it for you. Cause you don't know how to do anything. Um, well, so they're going to, they're going to go, they get on a runabout or whatever, but, uh, Jake says that Nog needs to do his science experiment too. So now Nog gets to come along and it ruins the father son stuff that Cisco was really hoping to get out of this fake science experiment. He
0: was looking forward to it big time.
1: <clears throat> he was going to teach Jake how to make a clock. On that he
0: was doing the opposite of O'Brien last week, where O'Brien like could not go on vacation, and he was like, "Make sure you do this and that." <laughs> yeah. And uh, this time, Cisco's like, "What? I don't care. Fuck the Odyssey. Who, who gives a shit? I'm <laughs> yeah. going. I uh, oh, yeah. go camping.
1: Captain uh, asshole's coming. That guy's an asshole. Say, uh, tell him he's an asshole for me.
0: Tell him I said fuck you.
1: Um. But now Nog's going to come along, and that ruins it. Meanwhile, Quark is trying to invent Amazon.com. <laughs> And uh, but Cisco won't let him do it, so the Quark uses this as an excuse to get closer to Cisco, and get his permission to sell stuff on the internet. And um, so he's going to go along on this trip too. So now, really, it's a a real pain in the ass trip for Cisco. He's got to take uh, Quark and Nog. Uh, anyway, they find some idyllic planet in the Gamma Quadrant. And they go down there, and they comp- uh, Quark complains about nature, and they have Jambalaya by the fire. And yeah. it, I don't know. I guess if you didn't know this episode was called The Jem'Hadar, you might think this was going to be about racism or something, or confronting I mean, it our could prejudices. Be.
0: At this point, Quark is already leveling. Accusations of racism against Cisco, and Cisco not doing a good job of defending himself. He (laughs) has the best defenses in the world. He's like, "You're you're a sex trafficker."
1: Yes, he has so
0: much material. You have arranged for mercenaries to take over the station. Yep,
1: you got. You tried.
0: You got. You damn near got Dax killed. Yeah,
1: you arranged for someone to come steal Dax. This is crazy. (laughs)
0: you're gonna tell me I don't like Ferengis because I'm a racist.
1: Yeah, well, it turns out I don't like you, because you're the one of the worst criminals in the Quadrant. Anyway. But Cisco fails to no. defend
0: himself in a way that suggests that he knows he's got an issue
1: Yes, that he's not the working Ferengi. On. Anyway, because then, like, Quark uh, embarrasses Nog with his slimy behavior, or whatever yeah. Uh, I think, uh, anyway we'll talk about it more later. Um so Jake runs off to console Nog, who's run into the woods, and that's when an alien chick comes out of the forest, looking all scared, like she's being chased. And uh, behind her, some Jem'Hadar's like uncloak, and capture Cisco and Quark and this chick. So they get stuck in this little cell, with a force field. Uh-huh. and they're trying to talk to this girl and figure out what the hell's going on, and who are the Jem'Hadar. and she says she gives them all the the download on the Dominion and the Jem'Hadar are their foot soldiers, and they go in wherever people are uh needed by the Dominion to squash resistance or whatever while they're trying to figure out how to get out of that cell and warn Starfleet or whatever or get back to their side of the wormhole. Jake and uh, Nog are on the runabout, trying to fly back to the station to warn people and rescue their dads or dad and uncle. But they don't know how to fly a runabout, so maybe he should have got those runabout lessons.
0: Uh, he also, he is apparently not authorized to use the runabout, and the computer is really, really sea blocking him.
1: They are locked out, and they gotta, they gotta pull a drunk Shimoda. They Shimoda it up real good. <laughs> just pull all the pieces out until it works, which seems like a terrible idea. I mean, like, I would figure you'd pull out all the pieces and then it definitely wouldn't work. But...
0: Would have been wild if at the end of this episode Cisco was like, The Jem'Hadar killed my son! <laughs> and then O'Brien's like, actually, uh... He pulled all the isolinear optical chips out and it crashed right into the planet.
1: That's right. I actually collapsed the warp field and uh, had a containment failure. Um...
0: Now, the other, the other half of the planet's uninhabitable now, so...
1: <laughs> it, was, it was an idyllic planet. It's
0: kind of, uh... Kind of a wash. Sorry about Jake. Sorry about he's good He was a good lad. Sorry about that.
1: I like, I like how, how Irish you make him. <laughs>
0: I, despite the fact that Colmini is intentionally not doing a very Irish accent. Yes,
1: you make him like 80% more Irish than he is on the show.
0: I never said I was a talented accent person.
1: It's okay. Um, anyway, so they spend a while trying to fly that thing out of there, and I guess that's supposed to be comic relief. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, the Geminar, a third whatever, R- Ramadclone
0: Talactalon
1: I couldn't remember. Third Talact Octagon. He uh, flies uh, over to DS9 and he's like, "Hey, I got your boy, uh, Cisco." And um not only that, uh we don't blow up a lot of ships that you guys have been sending through and also that colony New Bejor you guys talk about every episode, that's not around no more. Don't worry about that <laughs> You don't have to ask any questions about it. It's not it's not around. Uh so anyway, don't come over here anymore, and uh, we'll see you on the flippity flop. So now they're like, "Ah, shit! All right, we gotta go rescue Cisco." That's when Captain Asshole shows up. Turns out Captain Asshole f- is uh, flying around in a Galaxy class starship. Yeah. So he's somebody. In the way that we know that Picard is connected, this guy must be connected.
0: He seems like it because he doesn't seem likable or good at his job. <laughs> he's like a real turd. So he must be politically connected. Yeah. Also, old white dude. And, well. <laughs> you know, yeah, he some... looks a lot like Mike Pence. And nothing s- screams connection.
1: Like Mike Pence. Like dudes who yeah. look like Mike Pence. Like a dude who looks like Mike Pence. Yeah, some things die hard. It looks like well into the future. If you're a a white-haired old white guy, you're, a, you're in good shape still. Um, anyway, everyone immediately uh, uh, falls in line with what this guy says. Because, again, Galaxy Class Starship. Uh, they're going to come and they're going to rescue... Sisko with the the Odyssey and a couple of ding old runabouts.
0: Well, the senior Federation officer left on the station is Dax, right? So Yes, like, Dax,
1: who apparently this guy hates. Yeah. Isn't that what we were led to believe?
0: So there's really the only person who could oppose him is Major Kira, but he's showed up in the biggest ship she's ever seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if she's like, oh, the Bajoran government has something to say, he'd be like, that's great, I'll talk to you I, when I get back.
0: Should I Should I burn the entire planet down? Because <laughs> my ship could do that.
1: Uh, so this weird little uh, task force of two runabouts and a galaxy-class starship, they head into the Gamma Quadrant to go save Cisco. And I guess...
0: They were told the flag? To. Yeah, I think so. Uh,
1: cause, uh, this guy's
0: gonna go rattle his saber, for yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: he's gonna show the flag, I think, is what he thinks he's doing. Cause, and we'll get into why, why this works to me in this episode. But, um... Yeah, we'll get into that later. But anyway, so they fly out there and they um, they do find Jake slowly flying home. Uh, and just when O'Brien beams over to help him, like put the ship back together that he broke, uh, the Jem'Hadar come out, uh, like like three of them.
0: Yeah, just three, three, three of those little bug
1: ships. Three of those little bug ships come out and uh, they start doing battle. Meanwhile, on the planet, Cisco uh, and Quark have uh, like broken this. This girl has telepathic abilities or telekinetic abilities. She can yeah. blast fools.
0: She shoots Cisco with a beam that knocks him down for exactly one second.
1: Yeah. And the first time they meet. Yeah. When she runs but out anyway, of the
0: this is going to get them out of the security field they're in. And Cisco's noticed that there's never more than four guards. He thinks they can make a break for
1: it. Well, anyway, the first time she met him, she used telekinesis one. But this time she's going to use telekinesis two.
0: Yeah, I, I think, think so. That's
1: what's happening. Um, I think
0: she's going to use Psy Pizza Beta. That's <laughs> Psy Pizza right? Beta is way
1: more powerful against Retro New Age Hippie. Um, so, anyway, they pick the lock on her telekinetic inhibitor. And uh, then she's able to blast her way through the shield. They beat up some Gemadar. Quark even shoots one of them. Uh, they get beamed up. Yep. Um, O'Brien beams them on up. O'Brien beams them up onto his broken-ass runabout, and as they are trying to get away, uh, they realize that they ain't, sh- they ain't hurting these boys. These yeah, Jem'hadars. there's a big
0: technology gap. The Jem'Hadar can shoot right through their shields, and they don't seem to be doing much to them.
1: So they're like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. We got we got Cisco. It's time to go. So they're all retreating, but the Jem'Hadar don't let them go. Uh, one of them makes a suicide run and crashes straight into the Odyssey and blows that shit to bits. Yep. Um,
0: we'll ignore that a Miranda-class nacelle Comes shooting out of that explosion, <laughs> by
1: the way <laughs> I'm not gonna ignore it uh, You didn't know that all Galaxy class starships were, were powered by Miranda-class starships well, right oh, there's in the one in there somewhere, I just guess right in the middle of the ship They're <laughs> so like, why build a whole new warp core? We got all these Mirandas just sitting That's around That's
0: somebody's fault, but it's not the script writer's fault I'm sure that wasn't in the script <laughs> I'm sure it just said Odyssey explodes.
1: He was trying to see if anyone was actually reading this thing. Miranda class nacelles fly out of nowhere. Um They get back to DS nine and Quark's like, hey, uh this this lady was lying. This lock that was inhibiting her her telekinesis, that was uh that was just a collar. It didn't have any bits in it. It didn't have any of those cool like computer bits that would do something. So she yep. was just lying to us about being a prisoner there. So they confront her. Yes, she's a spy. Uh, She makes some scary words about how they don't even know what the hell's going on, and they can't stop the Dominion or whatever, and then, I don't know. Kira says something ominous about how they'll definitely be back, and then uh, it's the end of the season. Yeah. What was this season finale about?
0: Boy, I thought about it. Um... So obviously, this is about raising some stakes and getting some suspense and being like, "All right, we're gonna do a thing. We've been fucking around, we've been farting around about the Dominion for we a couple slow seasons burned. now, right? Uh, but now here they are, and it's like, you didn't, you didn't bring this up. Maybe I can talk about an execution, but like." Uh Talon knows everything about the Federation yeah, when and the he's, Alpha Quadrant in general. He's like, I was hoping to meet a Klingon, but I've got a human and a Ferengi. What do you think about the Cardassian Treaty, et cetera? Et yeah, et cetera. he
1: starts grilling him about like geopolitics and shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't bring it up because I didn't know what his goal was other than to scare them, because he doesn't really interrogate them.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think the... No, he doesn't interrogate them. He's not there to hurt them. He's, he's just, just like, like, look how much I know. My job is to keep you here until we draw someone in and blow them up to make a point, like <laughs> or something like that, right? You're bait. He doesn't tell him he's bait, but he's bait. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the only thing you can take away from this one really is that human self-satisfaction and feeling of superiority is due for a reckoning. Okay. Like so, we've got Quark's little speech about Cisco, who uh, does doesn't defend himself. We see the destruction of a galaxy class starship, etc.
2: Right.
0: Like, uh they're uh, part of what Quark, Quark says is that uh, uh, humans don't like the Ferengi because they seem uh, greedy and sneaky or whatever. But Ferengi history doesn't have any atrocities in it to compare to the worst stuff in human history. And Cisco doesn't immediately say, "What about the Ferenginar Six Riots or whatever?" So I guess we're <laughs> supposed to take that at face value. That's right.
1: Also, but it would be more effective if he, if he just said, you have enough in your personal history. <laughs> you have done all the sex trafficking, etc. Uh,
0: Fourteen months ago, I had a woman in my office who said you wrote into her contract that she had to blow you. So, <laughs> you want to keep going? Yeah. Uh, the trouble with this as a take is that I don't know what the lesson is for the rest of us. Unless the Federation is supposed to be America, but then, like, what's is what's the Dominion? Is the Dominion mm-hmm. China? Moon Hitler. Moon Hitler? See, this is the problem, right? (laughs) So, I think uh, I think it's fine to have an episode about you've been at the top of the chain and now you're but something is coming. You're maybe not the biggest fish or whatever. It's just not uh, it's not real Star Trek-y, etc. I only gave it four points.
1: Okay. Uh, Ben gave it five. He said space is a dangerous place. I feel like that's when he gives out from time to time. Um,
0: Depending on how how much work you want to do on behalf of the writers, that one does come up quite a bit.
1: Yes. Uh, he says, f- like, for Enterprise, this would be a super weak take. However, DS9 exists in a universe that has felt largely conquered by this point um, by the Federation and feels settled. So it's. I mean,
0: it's kind scary. of true. Like, when you look at the conflicts that are happening on Deep Space Nine up to this point, it's... Um, it's relationship management with Bajor.
1: Only relationship
0: management with Cardassia, who we know is not a real threat in a war.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Right, it's, it's a lot of little political, and then random probes and viruses attack the station. <laughs>
1: yeah, weird spatial anomalies, whatever, right.
0: Like, the long-term stakes so far for the Federation have been, is Bajor going to end up joining the Federation?
1: Yeah, they revisited every four, five, six episodes, like this question of where Bajor fits in.
0: So I think he's right that in Deep Space Nine so far, it has seemed like humans have got shit more or less worked out. The scariest moment we see for humanity is in the beginning of the pilot when we the revisit Borg, Wolf Three Five Nine. Right. But because at this point the next generation has ended, we know that the Borg have imploded. Yeah. So humanity's back on top.
1: Um, I think it so I took a broader approach and that made me think more of what they were doing. I had um it's folly to believe that your views will be shared by everyone in the galaxy. So, the Federation thinks of their exploration of the Gamma Quadrant as a peaceful quest for knowledge. Right? Many, including the Dominion, but even people in their own quadrant, think of it as an expansionist philosophy meant to result in domination of the galaxy.
0: I mean, New Bejor. they took a planet in the Gamma Quadrant. Yep. No one was living there. Let's build a colony.
1: They're just, we're going to colonize it.
0: What if the Dominion had, like, it was on a 10-year run to colonizing that planet, and they were, like, <laughs> putting the shit together now?
1: <laughs> That's right. They'd be pissed. Um... Now, uh, I think the way that the Dominion is painted also makes it so that they are supposed to be viewed as the bad guys in this. But they're kind of doing what Janeway's doing in this other episode. At this point, we don't
0: really know any of the bad stuff we will later know about the Dominion.
1: Yes. Um. But I, But it's already clear that you can see that they're like, stop sending shit over to our space. This is our space and we own it. So stop! Stop! We're
0: making a territorial claim, and here's the proof that we can back it up.
1: Yeah, and then obviously all the stuff between Quark and Cisco. Um, about how the Federation views how humanity, in particular, views themselves in the galaxy versus some aliens like the Ferengi. People always need a lesson about like trying to see things from other points of view and perspectives, and nobody really does it anymore in real life. So. I always find that to be a welcome message, so I gave it seven points. Oh, wow. To be like, hey, sometimes the things you're doing that you think are a good thing, if you just kind of turn around and look at them from another point of view, not such a great thing.
0: Yeah. uh, I'm going to stop and think about this for a second because we're pretty far apart and also because I think that there is some evidence for what you're proposing as the take. Hmm. I think that the uh, Quark-Cisco interaction is strongly biased in that direction. Yeah. Um, it is it is a real problem that it's coming from Quark. Yes. <laughs> Love to hear it coming from Rom. Well, especially but they have a, they haven't figured out that Rom's a character in this
1: show yet. No, and I really do get the feeling that when Quark does it, even if it's true, it's self serving, and yes. that Quark getting an upper hand in an argument is going to help him create Amazon.com.
0: Right. <laughs> By the way, it's not clear to me that you can order them from these monitors. I think he just wants to show ads.
1: Wait, are they just straight advertisement. I, he's, I think he's trying to create I thought he was, Google. I thought he was saying he was selling things on the monitors. It, maybe he's only advertising them.
0: Yeah, I think he just wants to use them to advertise oh, it's even the weird glamorous. tourist trap shit that he talks about.
1: Well, because okay, um, at one point he calculates... Oh, we'll totally get into it. He calculates that it will triple his profits. Yeah. Because if that's true, then he must think a lot about advertising.
0: I think he must think that if he can advertise, people will come to the bar to buy this horse shit, and they'll probably drink while they're there.
1: Because, like, there's only so many places to go on the station. If no one's going there already, it's not because they don't know it's there.
0: Yeah, it's like... (laughs) They don't want to go there. They they were like, oh, man, we've got to eat something, and they only made it as far as the Klingon restaurant.
1: (laughs) It's like the Replimat and the Klingon restaurant and Quarks. If they're not going to Quarks, they don't like Quarks. Yeah. Right? I don't know what advertising's going to do.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Um, I just... I didn't get a lot of your take on the Dominion side. The Dominion don't really make any argument about why. Or what the Federation is to them.
1: Yeah, the only why is this space is ours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to let you have your take and I'm going to keep mine. But just because I didn't... I would have loved to hear one character say... You're just coming here and colonizing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's what I have said from the beginning, the first time they talked about New Bajor. Why are you putting a a colony there? Bajor can't even feed themselves.
0: What did you think in terms of execution?
1: So what I alluded to when I was describing the episode... Whoa. Ben's pick of the week...
0: Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek edition correspondent with my pick of the week. Pick of the week. Yeah, he gave it eight points. Damn. Eight points for execution. Uh, He says they ended up getting a nice amount of menace into these new aliens, and they seem like they're here to stay, because we know all about the Dominion, etc. All the prison stuff was a ruse, etc. And then big stakes seeing a galaxy-class ship get blown up, and he even liked the little twist ending.
1: Yeah, it wasn't bad in terms of um, bringing out a new threat. I thought it's okay. Coming out of TNG. So we just
0: saw Q-Who.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Q-Who. Yep. (laughs) Right. Coming out of TNG where Picard's flying around in a galaxy-class starship and dominating the whole fucking galaxy or whatever. Yeah.
0: Sometimes there might be two Romulan warships up against him. That makes it a threat.
1: Yeah seeing seeing that go up probably was super effective. Yep. Um, so what works about this episode is the overconfidence of everybody in Starfleet. From Cisco not having any particular worries about anyone on that side of the wormhole, just taking his kid and his friend out there. Uh, not really being particularly worried about the Jem'Hadar who has him held prisoner on the planet. Just yeah. like, right, I'll just bust out of here. No problem.
0: Yeah. By the way, when he says he's never seen more than four guards on duty, there are three prisoners.
1: I know. And he's still like, no worries. Even
0: if there are only
1: four. <laughs> yep. Uh, and even despite all the stuff that the guy tells him about what he knows about the Alpha Quadrant or whatever, uh, he's still just like, eh, whatever. And then you get to the rescue task force led by Captain Keogh being like, bitch, this is a galaxy class starship. we going to fuck you up. And the way everyone on Ops like defers to this guy and falls in line when he shows up, they're like, oh yeah, man, the cavalry fucking arrived and now we're going to bust some fucking heads out there. And then again, because all TNG prepared us for was that Starfleet was the class of this part of the galaxy, the rare Borg incursion aside, it is a super effective scene when they're not, when they don't get their shit done against the Jem'Hadar, Because everyone seems to know something has changed. Like even in that moment, everyone like watches that ship go up, and they're all like, "Oh, okay." So something's different now. Uh, And I think you're supposed to think it's all going to turn out okay if you're watching this for the first time. Yeah. Like this guy shows up and ops, and like I said, everyone buys into everything he has to say, and they go out there, and it's almost like they want to make this dude proud just because of his position as like captain of this great starship or whatever. Um. So anyway, I thought all that stuff's effective Minus points for so much Jake and Nog
0: Yeah, there's a lot of it Quark dresses like a jester And gets set on fire and he screams too
1: His bad stunt double has to get All that Frankie makeup put on so he can be set on fire yep. <laughs> Think how many hours that guy had to sit there <laughs> No kidding Just to be set on fire Uh, Odo goes along to rescue Quark Which seems like giving the game away that whole will yes. they won't they? That needs to slow burn for a while longer,
0: I Yeah, think. yeah, exactly. It's just done being subtext now. It's just... No, they're you know, friends. Oh, well, I, I really like him, it turns out.
1: You know, deep down, he's a really good guy,
0: if you think about <laughs> I, it. I, <laughs> so my relationship with him, had, I've seemed tough on him because <laughs> he needed it, but... It's like someone's this... got to go look at. Yeah, you're right. It, it, maybe they're shooting a little early on. Yeah, because
1: this is the last episode of season two. I, I don't know what they knew at the time, but I know they've got five more seasons. And that's <laughs> true. Are they going to be best buddies for the next five seasons?
0: Well, I guess Quark doesn't know that Odo came after him. Anyway, I assume Kira not going to give him the satisfaction of telling him that.
1: So I think that and the so much Jake and Nog keeps it as a six for me. But I, otherwise, I thought it was very effective.
0: Uh, I also have it as a six. Okay. So, uh, I thought that was pretty good levels of Menace. I liked that this is a setup for things to come, but they, it's not a to-be-continued. Right. So it's like, we're ready for next season, but they didn't do that. So in that in that case, I'd say this is the opposite of Descent.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is a season-ending to-be-continued that I don't care about. It does a very bad job.
1: Yeah, I got it.
0: We'll get to that in years and years.
1: eventually we'll have to get to that one.
0: During TNG's long, slow decline.
1: Yeah. What are you talking Uh, about? Marjan claims that's the best season.
0: The Jem'Hadar's invulnerability obviously can't last, or they won't make good bad guys. Right. But it's good for a first meeting, and I think that we have accepted the idea that the Federation can make technological advances quickly. Right. So it's like, it doesn't bother me that they're so invulnerable here, but we're going to have to keep this going for a while. Yeah. Cuz it's just like they just got to figure out what to do about the shields, oh, right? Just and then it re- be...
1: remodulate those shields, right? I'll no, just remodulate them fuckers. <laughs> I assume that's what you got to do. I've come surprised the guy on the ship didn't know that. Hey Captain Keogh, just remodulate those fuckers.
0: I mean Dax did say, "Are you
1: remodulating the
0: shields?" and he's like, "Yeah,
1: we'd He's like, "Why? Well, I, I don't know. Are we remodulating?" Stuff? "Yeah, we're remodulating yeah, but... them."
0: Uh, by the way, you're, you're right about the arrogance, because it, even Keogh's either first officer or tactical officer, I couldn't tell he was wearing red and he was lieutenant commander, huh. seemed real excited about getting to shoot at these guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's very it's rare. a real
0: Malcolm Reed. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. It's a rare thing when they get to go out there with guns blazing.
0: Uh, we, You and I have discussed many times that the Federation is as racist against aliens as mm-hmm. they are inclusive among humans. But yes. it's a real blind spot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did like hearing quark call Cisco out, and I thought having the uh having Talactalon talk about the Cardassian treaty was a nice touch because uh the Dominion makes all of that suddenly seem real petty and minor, yeah like just a little squabble and the whole thing with the Maquis is gonna be kind of who cares in a minute yeah but uh but i but I literally wrote too much slapstick with quark to score the really high marks
1: it's tough. There was a way to He's, do this episode that was, that was much better. It didn't include Quark or Jake or Nog.
0: Yeah, they, like a different setup.
1: Yeah. Um, Something that although, gets Cisco into that quadrant. Or whoever. One of the main crew to be captured in that quadrant.
0: Burned suggests that having the first 12 minutes of this episode be this small story makes the Jem'Hadar feel bigger when it becomes a big story.
1: I don't yeah, know that but I agree. you'd have yeah you'd have to then abandon that other story, which they can't. Yeah, you can't they, abandon the we'd first. We'd have to see.
0: Oh he's, oh, he's pulled all the chips out. Oh, yeah. they've disabled the autopilot. Great. Now set a course for the wormhole. Can't the autopilot's disabled? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what keeps this from going like to the moon on execution because I think all the Jump at our stuff is fine. Right. Like better than fine. it's it's, it's well done. So I'm a six.
1: Uh what about world building?
0: Uh so we get uh we get New Bejor and at first that doesn't feel like anything because they've been dropping New Bejor in all the time. Yeah. So it's just like all right, continuity. But then later we find out. Yeah. But also they don't they don't make it a thing. Like uh Kira's like this pad looks like it's from New Bejor and then we don't have to spend 5 minutes talking about oh, New Bejor was destroyed also.
1: Yeah, he's just like Minus just, minus one New shore.
0: We don't know. We don't. No one reads the names of all the ships that he destroyed no. that he claims were destroyed. We don't get into that. Like, it, it just trust the audience to get that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we learn about the souvenir trash of the 24th century. We learn a lot about the Jem'Hadar and the Dominion and the Founders. Um, it's not a hundred because some of it was fed information. It's not a hundred percent clear how much of it is true.
1: Yeah, that's the problem with it. The fact that she's a spy and that the is showing off makes it seem it's hard to know how much will be true.
0: Telepathic suppressors. Hers turns out not to be real but Quark says that in the Alpha Quadrant they're three times that size or whatever. Yes. So like it must be a thing. There must be a way to suppress telepathy.
1: If only they'd ever explore how people feel about telepaths.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They've weirdly (laughs) left it alone for years and years. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then uh, all the stuff about the Ferengi Having a relatively clean past Which I guess is probably true In terms of major atrocities Right uh, So I give it as many as five world building points
1: mm, Ben gave it a six he Said Jem'Hadar with instant credibility uh, Whatever the weird alien race is That Eris is a part of uh, The Butcher colony on the other side
0: We'll learn what that alien race is
1: Yeah Um and just, uh, I guess, the, the strength of the Gemidar. Um I have it as a five, like you. So what I had was, oh, more talk about New Bajor. And then later on I had to go back and write, oh, that's it for New Bajor, I guess. <laughs> we won't hear about it again.
0: Well, unless it becomes a rallying cry like Lakarian
1: City. Nothing will ever be like that. That is the rallying cry to end all rallying cries. Um, the Odyssey, Captain Keogh, uh, I hate Cisco's fun vacation shirt. Hate it so much.
0: <laughs> his casual clothes
1: are fucking terrible. So, so fucking ugly. Uh Rule of Acquisition one oh two about Latinum lasting forever. Whatever. Um The the Gem Hadar, which is the end of the Dominion slow burn. A lot about the way navigation commands, autopilot, computer control, voice control work on these runabouts, that everybody doesn't just have access to all the systems.
0: Yep, always like to see an authorization code.
1: Uh, this Jem'Hadar both beams through their shields and walks through a force field. Yep. So that's not good. Um, Quark, like you said, has experience with other telepathic suppressors. Does Keog wait for the Jem'Hadar to fire first? Which, as his Federation practice, or does he just start shooting? The timing is really close when they show the graphics.
0: I mean, he's already on a rescue mission and violating their territory. It would be wild if he waited for them to start shooting <laughs> first, but say, I do feel like he might be.
1: It seems like in most cases Starfleet Protocol is the way... It would but, match his arrogance
0: to let them get the first <laughs> shot in, right?
1: But it's probably better that he if he didn't, because it yeah. turns out they they don't put up a good fight. Um. So again, it's hard to know what we learned about the Dominion, because it's all suspect information it was still the first interaction with them and it went just so bad for the Federation and I feel like if you're watching this one first run the universe of Star Trek feels fundamentally altered by the events of the episode and we are explicitly told by one of the characters as if to say I've seen the scripts for next year
0: (laughs) things are about to be real different like
1: they'll be back Um, so that's why I have it as high as a five yeah if we'd had some concrete info that we knew was real about the Jem'Hadar and the Dominion and all that, I think it would have been more
0: for Yeah, me. the the fact that she ends up doing pure misinformation. So, like, when she... When uh is talking about the Founders and she says, The Founders don't exist. Yeah. The Founders are a myth. Right. I don't know. I don't know what to do with any of that now. Yeah. Like, I know. Yes, we all know. I know.
1: That's what I'm it's hard because it's like, I know what's real and what's not, but in this episode...
0: What do you do with it? At the point, like I think, at the end, you got to be like, are they real? Are they?
1: What are the founders? Is this even gonna? Matter? Is she
0: one of the founders? Right. What is she? And like, what? What's her place in this, etc.
1: Um, characterization. Let's see, like I said, Jake's doing a bad, a bad dog do science project, which <laughs> yep. surgery cleans dog do out of clothes. That's what I said. Um,
0: Jake, uh, I think we know is not an A student. Like, <laughs> no. Cisco arranges an internship with O'Brien because Jake sucks at engineering.
1: Yes. Jake is very nice, though, not to hit Nog in the face for suggesting that Cisco and Quark were taken by vicious trees. Yes. Because <laughs> he should have hit him.
0: Yeah, Nog turns out not to be really useful down there after things go bad.
1: No. Uh, Jake does kind of a bad job flying that ship around, but at least he gets them far enough from the planet so as to be rescued. Cisco perfectly willing to get his son the best grades in the class by flying him to the damn Gamma Quadrant on a runabout and doing a planetary survey for him. I'd be uh-huh. pissed if I were one of the other two kids in that class.
0: Yep, you're some, uh, you're the, you're you're a, some uh, Bajoran uh, cloth merchant or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like oh, I grew some radishes in some uh, different soil and one of them turned out all weird. Like
0: you're selling shit to Garrick and he's like. He's got weird blackmail on you, so you're making a loss every time <laughs> and you're just hoping that someone else on this station wants to buy some fucking fabric. Because no one wants it on Bajor. No. And uh your kids not doing that great in class and their science project is literally what kind of detergent gets <laughs> because you've got all this fabric. That's right. And then it's like it's not even... It's an even worse science project because all the Federation kids and even the Federation teacher just put their shit back in the replicator so they don't care about stains.
1: No, and you strongly suspect... it's like, suspect you, gotta,
0: you gotta wash your clothes because you're a fucking poor.
1: You strongly suspect that the human teacher is racist against your kid. Yeah. Because that's what humans are like.
0: And you know she's got a chip on her shoulder because Vedic Wynn, now Kai Wynn, yeah, made a real yeah. pig's ear of things with the <laughs> school. Yeah. And now you now you're hearing rumors that uh, not only Jake Cisco but also the Ferengi kid mm-hmm. who can't read but yeah. is Jake's best friend are going to get to go do a cool planetary survey in the Gamma Quadrant.
1: Yeah, you're going to be pissed. Yeah, and you start to wonder about your own skill as a parent, and that makes you resent your kid a little bit too. How's you your How's your
0: him. kid ever going to get be any better than a fabric merchant getting raked by Garrick? Now you because he. You're, He's He has a webcam video of you masturbating to porn and getting, <laughs> got your password.
1: Yeah, it's not good. That's all I'm saying. It's not good for the other parents. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, he's still a racist against Ferengi. That's Cisco. Even the children. Uh, he doesn't even consider that different people, let alone different species, might have different ideas about what paradise is. Just oh like, he's
0: by the way, he has never wanted Jake to hang out with Nog. Nope. So this is one of the reasons why he doesn't really have a leg to stand on, because even though Quark is a, a real shit bag, he's no. been like, You hanging out with a Ferengi?
1: Yeah, sometimes Jake will try to school him too. Jake will be like, Dad, we're friends and you said that humans can be friends with Ferengis, and then Cisco just has to like sit there and look at him like, seriously, don't hang out with that kid. <laughs> don't make yeah, me don't. don't parrot my words at me and make me look like a racist. Just don't hang out with the kid. Um, yeah, and then some father-son stuff about, uh, I don't know when they d- did some water skiing with, uh, Jennifer. Whatever. Yeah. Um, O'Brien, I guess, is, like, the receptionist for Cisco. I'll, he does. I'll tell <laughs> him when he has it. a phone son's call. here to see ya. Tell him when he's got a phone call and, like, lying about Cisco's whereabouts when his wife calls so he can fuck Dax or whatever. Well,
0: that's what it means to be chief of operations.
1: <laughs> uh, like I said, Quark is trying the to... The
0: phones operate, don't they, chief? <laughs>
1: Tell me when I have a call. Quark, like I said, trying to invent Amazon. Maybe it's something else. But Cisco won't let him. I guess the internet didn't work out, though. It's pretty clear. Because otherwise they'd just have the internet. But Quark's trying to reinvent all the stuff on it. Um, Quark sucks, but every accusation he hurls at Cisco is accurate. Uh, And he figures out this chick's game in the end. Nog is excited about being on a runabout, and he asks the reasonable question, how do you fire the phasers? Yeah. I'd want to know that, too. I'm a 33-year-old human, and I'd want to know that, so... Oh, I
0: mean, we can cut right to my quick hitters, where I wrote, Cisco, don't act like you weren't going to let Jake warm the phasers up once you got to the other side of the wormhole. Yeah,
1: you're totally going to have him shoot a fucking asteroid or whatever. Um, And Nog's a really nice boy. He's so happy to hear that he did good work on the planetary survey. When Cisco tells them they did good work today. But then he gets really embarrassed by Quark's behavior. I wondered if this episode was about the immigrant experience in America, and like—I
0: mean, there's a taste of it there, like right? Your friend like, gets
1: to eat cheeseburgers, and you're eating something that's so oniony. And right, your this friend is doesn't want to come over it is smells like onions. for sure. Yeah, that's—I <laughs> feel like that's what we were seeing there.
0: <laughs> but again, it's very subtle. They don't. Jake doesn't point it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: Bashir saying we fought the Maquis elicits a well-deserved laugh from Captain Keogh. We fought the Maquis.
0: Uh, it's got to make uh, O'Brien love him even more, right? <laughs> it's just like...
1: It's, it's like you would barely did anything, first of all. And second of all, the Maquis was like three dudes in a cave. Yep. <laughs> we fought the Maquis.
0: And the guy has to go like... They had two modified <laughs> shuttlecraft. Yeah. We assume the Dominion's going to be a little worse.
1: I just like that they even had the guy in-universe laugh at Bashir. Um... I'm gonna keep this below average because of the overconfidence and intolerance of Cisco and Crew, but I acknowledge it sets up the episode well. It's a four.
0: Okay. We're not uh we're not crazy far off. I've got this as a five. Um uh, it's more or less what you would want here, in the sense that Cisco and Quark's interactions with Eris feel real. Hmm. Um the Jake and Nog arc doesn't do a lot, but I thought I thought Nog was doing pretty good work of being embarrassed, just like you. Yep. And also, he seemed very pleased when Cisco told them they'd done well.
1: It was so nice. It's like, you guys yeah. did good work today, and they were both like, yeah! We're good at science!
0: And like you, uh, I thought that Odo worried about Quark uh, felt true, but it was tipping its hand.
1: Yes, you needed to learn that several seasons from now. Like,
0: <laughs> obviously, this is the dynamic between Odo and Quark. For sure, this is it,
1: but right? But it needs to be unsaid.
0: But you're just going to say it out loud?
1: Yeah, it was rough. I, I, when yeah. I, I forgot that that happened. And when he said that, that he was coming along because someone has to look out for Quark. Believe me, Major, you'd miss him too. And I went, N- no!
0: No, just you. <laughs> this is your special weird thing.
1: Yeah, you did it wrong.
0: Uh, ben is a five as well. He says uh, Nog is annoying, and I'd almost forgotten him, so he doesn't agree with us on that at all. Jake is loyal to his friends. I, it's clear that Jake is a pretty good friend to Nog.
1: Uh yeah, we remember when he was teaching him how to read.
0: Yeah, he was doing secret <laughs> cargo bay reading lessons or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he lied, this is he said this is
0: about the first time that Cisco and Quark have really directed directly interacted.
1: It doesn't happen and a I, lot.
0: It's true that we don't we don't do too much. Uh, Quark. We've discussed this. By far the best actor on this show. Yeah. Uh, but in this season, they have really kept him out of serious roles.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that's going to necessarily change. I, every time every time there's a Ferengi on a thumbnail for the next episode, I think we're going to be like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah,
0: this is, uh, is going to be the one where it turned out they were the Roswell aliens. That's right. <laughs> uh...
1: uh Quickies yeah that's you right you
0: quickums yeah
1: or is it me is it you it's you
0: oh it's me what what was that reaction when dax heard that captain keogh finds her arrogant was it
1: horniness yes <laughs> sex dax came back briefly that's very bad right Yeah. she's oh, like
0: really? oh, i don't like that captain keogh he's so arrogant and cisco's like really he says the same thing about you and then she does a look yeah. and you're like and she's like,
1: what else what else doesn't he like about me Oh yeah, I don't want not for not for like any real reason. I I just want ever to said know. I'm fat? I just want to know if he
0: thinks I'm an ugly bitch. What about does he say he said I was gap tooth? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> give it. I can take it. Give it to me. <laughs> That's right. It's not perverted. And then I wrote, "What is O'Brien Cisco's secretary?" Yes. Uh, Quark's casual clothes are just as bad as Cisco's. He's dressed like a jester.
1: <laughs> well, as we've talked about, the Frankie have an odd sense of fashion anyway For their weird little yeah. short coats and stuff Also,
0: Quirk doesn't wear a uniform So you didn't need to change his clothes for this
1: Yeah, why does he have like weird safari gear?
0: Yeah uh, Quirk, don't make Nog get your ear lotion out of the bag Well, yeah That's, that's your J.O. lotion
1: Yeah, that's right
0: We know about your ears
1: Yeah, that's right, we know what umoks are You can't fool us yeah. I hope he doesn't make him do it. He's, well, he makes his nephew do it. I mean, work
0: or Ferengi's in general? Does he
1: make his nephew stroke his lobes? <laughs> oh,
2: God.
0: <laughs> well, he's probably like, I stroked whatever's lobes when I was your age. <laughs> That's right. As part of being an apprentice. A apprentice. Yeah,
1: exactly correct.
0: <laughs> Ugh. Um. I said, uh, whatever this woman did to Cisco was not worth doing. It took like three seconds to summon, and it knocked him down for one second.
1: And honestly, he looked pretty comfortable down there. Yeah. He was kind of lounging at the end, like, huh.
0: And then I said, I gave the show a lot of credit here, because I, my thought was, did they not know what the Vorta were going to look like? Until right up at the end, when it was revealed she was a traitor. <laughs> I just assumed that they were like, well, eh, let's just do that makeup job again.
1: That's kind of the way I saw that one alien that I thought was a Hitar walking around behind them. Yes. Some episodes are going, hey, is that a, is that a fucking Jemadar?
0: Did they fucking sleep? They slide a sneaky in he's there?
1: He's just hanging out on the station and they just think he's some random alien.
0: He's like, I'm another Tosk. One of them Tosks.
1: <laughs> you know, me Tosk. You remember me. My name's Tosk. Yeah, it's me Tosk. <laughs> remember me, O'Brien? Hey! <laughs> That's what Tosk says, right? <laughs> hey! Waves his hands around a little bit.
0: I gave um, best actor to Eris. And a worst actor to Dax.
1: Boy, she didn't even do much, but she just... She, she didn't do it well. She can't not screw up.
0: Uh, you must have had some quick hitters. Ben's only quick hitter is generally good showing. Oh, that, that doesn't count.
1: No. Uh, really cool Morn appearance. Let's keep this mourn thing going for another five years, please. Yeah. A lot of mourn. Um, I liked Avery Brooks' weird little laugh when he agreed to let Quark come along. His frustration laugh. Yeah. Also, when he asks what Quark will sell, and he replies, collectibles. And then Cisco made another noise there. That yeah. both I thought no, were realistic.
0: Again, this is clearly the part of the show that Avery Brooks wanted to do. All this father and son stuff. And yeah. every time we do these scenes, he's so much better.
1: He's super connected to these for some reason. He's
0: like... He he either doesn't know or I suspect just doesn't care what it means to be the Federation commander on the edge of space who's barely still a part of the Federation because his wife died and, and it really messed him up. Yeah. But he loves being single dad. Yeah. And he's got that side of Cisco figured out perfectly.
1: Uh, I already told you I feel bad about the stuntman who spent hours on makeup to look like <laughs> Quark and then have his arms <laughs> set on fire. Didn't even really look like Quark in the end. Just wasn't good. Why was this geminar so damn charismatic?
0: Oh, this guy was great.
1: I've seen him in B five and a bunch of other stuff too, and he's awesome. But like, why is he so? Do they want us to like the geminar because like maybe he, they liked him?
0: First of all, he was giving me real Tony Todd energy.
1: Yeah, some Tony Todd energy for sure. And I'm
0: into Tony Todd energy. Essence of TT. I will take that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. No, yeah, no, you're right. He's extremely care. I was mad surprise when he showed up and announced himself as third to lock to lock. I was like, oh damn, he's I not like, even a first. This old boy's only a third? I
1: know, and he and he's like boss of this fucking show, dude. He's fucking fucking just walking through their force fields. and Yeah, telling the them,
0: Dominion might be arrogant too.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I do think so. But man, if they wanted us to be scared, okay, fine, we were a little bit scared, but I was also, I really liked that guy. Yeah, um, I'm into this guy too. How did O'Brien know to beam up the third alien with Cisco and Quark?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, huh?
1: No one said anything. He just found them. Like, what if the third alien was a bad alien? They know there are bad aliens here. Yeah. He just beams well, it up.
0: M- maybe he's already seen enough to know that wasn't a Jem'Hadar. <sighs> and he's like, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I um, love beaming and it's all I know.
1: So they give up on finding this chick real fast. So at the end, she beams away. Right.
0: To nowhere.
1: And they all go, but what if she hasn't materialized anywhere, where did she go? And they all just go, oh well.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh well. Where
1: could she have yeah,
0: gone? We'll talk about this in two episodes, but someone else beams <laughs> yes. and they don't know where they go, and it's the main focus of one half <laughs> of the
1: episode. That's right.
0: But in this one, they're like, "They'll be back." Yeah, fuck you! (laughs) I was like, "How about do something?"
1: So what I wrote was, "To be fair, they all looked up and saw the credits were about to roll, so they yeah,
0: exactly. They they knew they were on the last page of the script." (laughs) Uh... Oh, I have to say, and when they do, the first fight will be here. Okay, cool. We're done.
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So that's all I had.
0: All right, pretty good, pretty good. Again, I won't do the math till the end of the show, but we're going uh, slow
1: too. We got we got to pick it up here on the back. This looks like
0: uh, better than average. Well, it's okay. We get to end with the
1: Enterprise. Enterprise. That
0: always that'll be cool. Ten minutes. Uh, Third last week was TNG, though. Okay. This week we watched the emissary.
1: uh okay let's do the quick version here i promised that last time i didn't deliver the enterprise uh ordered to rendezvous with a special emissary who travels in a crazy modified probe to save some time one of them high speed warp probes that you've heard so much about
0: travels a warp nine uh
1: a half klingon half human lady pops out and it turns out whoops that's warf's old lover from the way back times
0: is it though old something
1: yeah, whatever she was. Old girlfriend. Yes, old flame, let's say that. Um, from the way back times, and she's here on a mission to to stop some some real sleepy Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, there's a ship out there, the Tong, that has a bunch of Klingons that have been in cryogenic sleep for 75 years or whatever, and they about to wake up, and they're within striking distance of, like, just every sensitive Federation civilian target f- for writing reasons.
0: You know, it's it's not, It's not. just that the civilian targets are totally undefended. Yeah. I don't even think they're important.
1: Uh, yeah, just juicy. Just like uh, sitting ducks. Uh, so they gotta go figure out what to do about that. Her suggestion... Uh, let's do a plot. Her suggestion is to blow them up. Because yeah. anything else ain't gonna work. Like, if they're already awake when they get there, you're gonna have to blow them up because they're Klingons, they don't surrender, they think they're at war...
0: She's got a bad attitude about this whole mission.
1: Yeah, we'll know later on it's because of how she feels about her Klingon half, at least partially. But that's she's right. like, you can't uh, reason with Klingons. Klingons are bad guys. They think they're at war with you. You're going to have to kill them. So just go kill them. Uh, You know, obviously that's not good enough for Picard. He's not Janeway. So he would like another <laughs> solution. Um, they can't really come up with anything. Her and Worf go back and forth about, about what to do about it. And when they get there and those old boys are awake... Uh, Worf does a, a, an improv, because he's been taking improv classes. <laughs> and so he says, but what if this ship were commanded by Klingons? And then we told him, hey, this is a Klingon ship.
0: Hey, the, the damn war's over, And you the idiots. war's
1: over, and we will blow you up if we have to, but don't make me waste my time on you. Uh, just surrender. Uh, and that all works, because he's good at improv. And then uh, Kalar beams over there, I guess, to uh, see them back to the Empire and really try not to let them see anything that lets them know that 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 Klingon commanding uh, human starship is not a real thing. Um, B-plot, Worf has got to, like, face up to this lady who I guess he feels like hit it and quit it or didn't really even hit it, but definitely quit it. Years ago. Yeah.
0: Well, she wanted to give him kisses sweet, but only for one night and no repeat. I know. <laughs> and he, this dude was straight up like, A uh, taste of honey's worse than none at all.
1: I'm so glad that you made it. That you made it a Smokey Robinson song. it's <laughs> very that, good. That's uh, the
0: scenario, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. In the past, he thought they had a thing, and she was like, I'm not going to mate with you and then be your Klingon bride, bro. Yeah. Like, I want to be a career ambassador. I don't know what she said at the time, but, um, so then in this episode, they fuck on the holodeck because she does one of his calisthenics programs.
0: Um, It gets her mad horny. Also, she attacks him in exactly the way that Worf almost attacked Riker when he was last fighting Skeletor in At the time
1: he went, hey, is he trying to mate with Riker? (laughs) <laughs>
0: no, we, we we're like, ah, oh, great! He turned into a fucking animal. Anyway, turns out that's just Klingons.
1: Uh, anyway, all kinds of good stuff happens with Kalar in this one. Uh, she gets to hang out with Troy a bunch because they're both halvesies. Um, she she and Worf do it, and Worf's like, ah, I would've. We should say the oath. And then she's like, Nah, I ain't gonna be married to you. And he's like, Dude, we're already married. We just banged. <sighs> anyway, they part on good terms though. <laughs> What's this episode about? <laughs>
0: oh boy! Uh, whether you fetishize another culture or reject it, you can never truly understand it from outside.
2: Hmm.
0: I mean, it's something like this.
1: Okay.
0: Worf has been working from the um, not even Wikipedia, but like WikiHow guide yes, the, to, being to being Klingon. Klingon
1: exactly correct. And he, but it he treats is, the rules like they are absolutely set in stone.
0: Yes, with his oath-taking and his we're-already-married, right. uh, as if, and by the way, we know this can't be true, like, that was not the energy we were getting from Vekma.
1: No, Vekma was spreading that shit around. She was,
0: she was, she was for sure gonna leave a never-call.
1: Yeah, you suppose Rikers, like, in the back going, it's not true. <laughs> they bang all the time on those ships.
0: Yeah, no, I've been there. They're horny. The
1: horniest shit. I said. I, I almost did
0: a three. If Cargon hadn't messed it up, I was. I was, I was gonna be that three. <laughs> I way. was
1: cruising for a threesome. I, I was really excited about it.
0: This. I mean, one of those girls was definitely prettier than the other, but this was gonna happen.
1: Was, yeah, there's always like it's always like that in a threesome. You know what it's yeah, like. I mean, you know what it's, like, it's with twins,
0: but then that's it's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's right. That's the golden threesome. That never happens.
1: That's I call that one. One of these is not like the other, and I'm the one that's not like yeah. the other ones.
0: That's right. thus they're
1: my kids.
0: Um, Whereas uh, Kalar takes everything she doesn't like about herself, and she just says, "That's my Klingon side." Yes, and she's going to condemn this ship full of Klingons to death because her opinion is they're basically animals. Yeah. So like they both have a bad view of what it what a Klingon is or does. That's coming from their weird outsider position.
1: It's true. Neither. And at the end of
0: the day, they're sort of both wrong. Like, Worf is wrong about all of the oath-taking and seriousness, etc. But also, she's wrong about, you're gonna have to kill these guys. There's no way to talk them down.
1: Yeah, it turns out it was pretty easy. Worf was Whereas, like, yeah, basic,
0: a real basic uh, play does the job.
1: He's like, uh, I'm Captain Worf, and I can easily blow you up. So Worf
0: puts on a pretty good robe, and it's just done.
1: That's right. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, your take is, is better than mine.
0: So, like, um, the so I'm a little troubled by it because the exact takeaway is a little vague. But this is exactly the sort of thing sci fi is for. Yes. Like, there are a lot of books about mixed race experiences. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's there's a fair amount of literature about this subject in the real world, but like, name one famous one. It's not. It's not easy for us to empathize with, right? But it's very easy to watch these two Klingons and be like, neither of them gets it. That's right. They're both. They're both working from their weird position where he was adopted by humans and she's half human. And also, you're like, oh, and also, she was his gateway Klingon. Like, yeah, this was a first, a safe first step for him because she's half. It was probably a safe first step for both of them, right? These are the yeah. two outsiders that met each other. Yeah, like, it's like
1: She's half and doesn't even like the Klingon half, so she is not close right. to being a Klingon.
0: Whereas he is fully Klingon, but was raised for his entire life since he was a child by humans. By some weird so, old fucking... And he's in Starfleet, so he's... Della got,
1: Russians or whatever they are.
0: Exactly. Um, And then also... Uh, this is TNG continuing its gender play with the Klingons in this episode, whereas she's the one who wants sex, etc. He's the one who's it's a, you know, yeah, whatever.
1: He's, he's, he, she's a commitment to phobe or whatever. And he's, exactly. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. So it's a, a little bit of uh, gender play. And, uh, I thought, um, again, so it's kind of sci-fi. It's not clear enough to be like a really super good take, but I did give it six points.
1: I went with something a little bit more broad last time. It, it's broadness allowed me to give it more points. This time it's broadness kind of limits it. It's just that flexibility of thought is helpful in all aspects yeah. <laughs> of life. Well, look, Worf starts the episode saying Klingons don't bluff, but then wins the day with his big old bluff. Yeah, Kalar says they have no choice but to destroy the Tongue, but Worf contends there's always a choice, always another solution, and then he improvises a wild plan that never would have worked, but works Kalar and Worf have been a relationship stalemate for years that neither seems able to overcome, but Worf, like, I don't know, gives in and tries something new and says his manly feelings or whatever. Yes. And then they leave on the good terms I talked about earlier. So, yeah, it's a cooked, it's a cooked take that's really straight down the middle. Um, kind of a tr- truism. Except that we live in a garbage time when nobody's willing to expand their frame of reference or think about anything in new ways. Twice this <laughs> Why week. Why does this sound familiar? Twice this week, I've said something like this, so we know what's <laughs> on my mind lately. Anyway, this is a four for me. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> it's weird how that half uh, did not affect you giving a seven to DS nine. But yeah, oh, no,
1: that part wasn't the problem.
0: <laughs> That's clear. Not the part you had a problem with. Um, where are you on execution? Uh,
1: uh, f- uh, first of all, Ben gave it a four on take. He says, okay. awakenings can be confusing and the reaction's unpredictable. The old S. Klingons had uh, a literal awakening into a new era of peace. Worf had a sexual awakening with Kalar. Oh, boy. Uh, I gave execution a six. Okay. Um, not a lot about the bones of the story make much sense to me, and that holds this back <laughs> from being a really good episode. <laughs> I don't understand the Tong's dumb mission, why nothing was done about them for seventy-five years? Why Kalar shows up on a dumb probe? What exactly is keeping Worf and Kalar at odds? And how this last part with Kalar joining the Tong is supposed to end well? That being said, I like the performances, a lot of the background and characterization on Worf. Um, Kalar was like written to be more than either a Mannheim's wife or like a random ambassador. Yeah, and they should try to continue that trend of giving the guest like stuff to do.
0: And making them like a person, making
1: them a real, like realized person, and all that stuff—that's all good. So for me, it was a six, despite the fact that as, uh, like a, on a storyboard, you'd go, "What? <laughs> what is it?
0: Uh, it is a weird mission to assign to Klingons. Yeah, that they that they went into deep sleep for seventy five. <laughs> Five years to just wake up and attack any target.
1: I just don't understand. Like, in 75 years, the Federation's gonna be 75 years more advanced. Like, what's the plan? Yeah. I mean, you wanna go 75 years in the past, maybe? (laughs) Then you'd be really strong. I just don't understand what any of the plan is. Anyway.
0: And then someone in the briefing, I don't remember who, maybe Troy, says, maybe it was a scientific mission. Then had you go to sleep for seventy five years,
1: bitch? What are you talking about? Because if
0: it's a scientific mission about being asleep for seventy five years, that ship don't have to go
1: nowhere. How come? How come no one ever asks anybody to leave the briefings?
0: All right, we've got enough out of you, Neelix. Like
1: really, respectfully but firmly says, "Thank you. We won't require your presence anymore at these meetings." Because that <laughs> yeah. is the dumbest suggestion I've ever heard. Maybe it was a scientific experiment or something. Yeah, that's experiment.
0: why they went to sleep for seventy five years out into deep space.
1: Idiot. Um, what do you got? Uh, so I, I
0: give it a seven. Oh, okay. Um, Kalar runs away with this show. Yes, she runs rough shot over Riker and Troy, and only Worf's good bridge scene competes. Yeah. And even though her acting is a little bit melodramatic in a couple of scenes, it kind of feels like oh, Kalar's just a little dramatic. Like,
1: oh, and by the way, when she introduces herself, I am Kalar, I went, oh, it's pronounced Kalar.
0: Yeah, well, but, what is it?
1: but then it's not. Anyway, it's very inconsistent.
0: You have to let those through sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I thought the stakes were nice and small. It's one of the things I often like about the next generation. Yeah. Is that we see how people react in kind of day to day situations.
1: Like when you have to run into a dang old ex-girlfriend.
0: And then also I liked that they didn't rush and sort of wrap everything up. Like, Worf and Kalar don't meet all the way on this. They they still, they're a little closer. He says his dumb thing in the transporter room and it's it's like, I don't know, maybe next time we meet we'll be able to get a little closer together. You know, like, I still haven't completely capitulated in my position and neither of you.
1: We different people.
0: Yeah. I would have loved to learn more about the nature of Klingon-Federation relations. This episode really makes it seem like the Klingons are just a part of the Federation, but then why do they have their own fleet?
1: It's very... Was this before the Klingons joined the Federation?
0: When they keep (laughs) doing this, it just really makes me want more, and I'm very disappointed because I know it's not coming.
1: This would have been a good opportunity for it, for sure.
0: Uh, And this episode did not need data at all.
1: No. Like a lot of episodes.
0: We When Worf calls him in to be a chaperone, ha ha ha, it's cute. We just saw that last week, by the way.
1: Yeah, I guess now that's his new thing.
0: <laughs> uh, but in general, this is kind of what I want out of Star Trek. So, I thought it was a seven. Okay. Also, the sex is completely off screen, and at the end, they have a talk about what it means.
1: It's <laughs> true. It's, it's th- not
0: meant to be titillating at all. <laughs>
1: it's the opposite.
0: It's exactly the opposite of someone rubbing someone's feet.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're meant to, like... Um, really contemplate the consequences of things like that. Um, ben had a six on execution. He uh, he thinks the writers remembered that people liked the animal wharf with the uh, <laughs> the imaginary friend Riker conjured up, and thought to do it again with a real life person. <laughs> Remember <laughs> yeah. when, when Riker gave him a Klingon?
0: I do remember that.
1: It's an interesting choice to pair him up with a mixed uh, Klingon human. Some of the sexy times was pretty good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Uh, the actress was pretty good. Lots of emotive face acting. All right. So he liked it. It was a six for him.
0: Cool. Um, now I want to break from our normal formula and ask you the question. Okay. Do you think that there's a better or worse episode if they'd stuck with the writer's original pitch, which has Worf falling in love with Dr. Salar?
1: Boy, I would like to see that. You get the same good actress, but would she be limited by playing a Vulcan?
0: Well, her performance as Doctor Solar <laughs> was much quieter.
1: And I don't know. I like all the. I like that they're both reading from Klingon Wikipedia in a way. Yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of good. Yeah, I like it this way better. I think
0: they made. I think that they made the right decision to change it too. Yeah. World building. Do it. Class eleven emergency signal.
1: Alright. Whatever the
0: Tongs mission might have been. Yes. Uh, We get a good look at some weird Klingon foreplay when he grinds her nails into our palm.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem... I feel like I'd be distracted by my hurt palms.
0: Oh, she seems into it, though. I
1: know. I I, I just can't figure it out.
0: Old cloaking tech. Yeah. The technological measures it takes for Klingons and humans to interbreed.
1: Yeah, she does say that they need some help.
0: Yeah. That's uh, standard three for me. I don't think world building was the point of this episode. This was a character show.
1: Well, you didn't mention such great things as the Baradas system, where a Starfleet cool. presence has existed for 34 years. Cool. You didn't talk cool. at all about Admiral Gromach.
0: No, I didn't.
1: Which was a human? But that name. <laughs> That's a good point. That sounds like a lava creature from some hell planet.
0: Yeah, Admiral Gromak did appear to be human. <laughs> Um, this is the guise I wear when I talk to humans.
1: They, they literally. I am Gromik. <laughs> Bow to Admiral Gromik. Gromik
0: Admiral. Uh,
1: the explanation that no starships were available from that outpost, and so Kalar had to travel on a high warp probe, is one of the dumbest weird plot things I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's clearly intended to say, this shit must have been urgent. She couldn't wait for, because it shaved, like, six hours or something off of the, Enterprise the time it would have taken for to Enterprise to go there and pick her up.
1: Yeah, and then it's also like, oh, but see how cool she is? She's such, like, a cool, like, on the front lines ambassador.
0: Yeah, she got in that fucking flying coffin. She's actually not even an ambassador. She is a, she, has been yes. given envoy status on this. I
1: don't know. I, I just didn't understand what the point is. Any of that was.
0: They didn't make any effort to explain what her regular job is.
1: Just have her show up on an Excelsior with Admiral Gromick. You know, I just really <laughs> yep. um by the way, I did not like the Admiral's uni, her uniform. Uh you didn't um,
0: like this version?
1: Why is it a different version every single time we see an admiral?
0: Nah, I feel like this is the same version
1: that Come on, let me um, see. Admiral
0: Nakamura was wearing.
1: Gromic. <laughs> I hope I spelled that right. Oh and I did.
0: Uh, Hold on, there's (laughs) definitely an ex astra Scientia page about the changing Admiral uniforms. And
1: what did you say his name was? Admiral... Nakamura. Nakamura. He
0: brings, um...
1: Nakamura.
0: (sighs) Who does Nakamura No, no, no,
1: dude. Dude, check out her uniform. It is very different from Nakamura's uniform. Oh, no, you're right. He wears two different uniforms because he shows up again later. It is the same one he wears.
0: Okay, I definitely had a vision of him wearing it.
1: Oh, it's so ugly. God, I hate it.
0: (laughs) They didn't have any idea. So, in TNG, when we see an Admiral, they just wear the regular uniform, but they got more stripes on their sleeve. In TOS, I mean.
1: Yes, in TOS, yes.
0: In TNG, we've got Jameson's very weird outfit. Yeah. Uh, And then Quinn is wearing, like, the same Lycra jumpsuit, but it's got a big gold braid on it or something. Right. Right? And then now we've got, she's got a Mandarin collar now. Yeah. And, and uh, this one's not a winner, and we'll never see it. The, the The first time, when will we first see a good Federation admiral's uniform? I'm not
1: sure. I don't know when. I don't know if they ever exist. I know that by the time of DS9, Admiral Lieutenant Murtaugh is just wearing what appears to be a regular ass Starfleet uniform with more pips or whatever. Different. Nah, pips. doesn't his
0: shit doesn't tuck in, right? It's like oh. he's got a belt, and his shit goes over the pants.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think so. Okay. Well, then maybe never. Maybe there aren't any. Uh, ones.
0: What about? Is it Nemesis when we see Picard's new fancy white dress uniform?
1: Yeah, but he ain't no admiral.
0: Yeah, I know, but like, I want to see the admiral version of that.
1: Oh yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't like this uniform, and I don't know why their admiral uniform changes like way more often than the other ones do.
0: Yeah, it's not a big thing in our military for an admiral to wear an entirely different uniform. Yeah. They just would wear like the dress uniform most of the time. I don't know.
1: Um high warp probes and warp speed transport uh using the using the transporter, I mean. Um Klingons and humans can make babies with help uh IK, IKC Tong, a battle cruiser cryogenic journey for some reason. <sighs> Katemik is Captain of the Tong. That's something you yep. didn't say. It's true. Um, Worf does not password protect his holo programs.
0: Nope.
1: Um, let's very much not get into why these Klingons from Kirk's era look like TNG era Klingons.
0: Oh, I don't want to have any discussion about it.
1: Seems like you have to At keep... this
0: point in the show... Now, again, as we pointed out, in Trouble with Tribbles, it doesn't make sense unless Klingons and humans look alike.
1: Yep. Yes. Uh, so it is already a problem. Yep. Seems like you have to keep your wits about you when you're nailing a Klingon chick. They may try to stab you. I'm not really, like, aware on that level when I'm working it. Well,
0: listen. Oh, God. So I don't I will... want to think about you working it in <laughs> so, the least, but so I we will... do know that they throw things at you. So, yes, you probably do need to stay on your on your game. All
1: I'm saying is I will pass on the Klingon ladies without any racist reasons. It's just personal safety that I will, I will pass.
0: Yeah. Um... It does seem like a lot.
1: If Worf just says the words, they're officially married. Because she's real scared when he starts to say them. Yeah. Seems really unilateral.
0: I mean, it feels like she'd have to <laughs> say them back, right? <laughs>
1: right. You would huh? just stand there and then not say them back. Huh? The I.K.C. Pring. Uh Did the Klingons think... Prang. It... Oh, is it Prang? Prang. Okay. Did the Klingons think it would be a good idea to send a ship 75's user into the future to fight much more advanced enemies? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a three for me, too.
0: It does seem like a dumb plan, but again, they never make any attempt to explain what the, the Tong's actual mission was. Was it just to be, like, hella sneaky, and then it could pop up in the in the rear line somewhere? And,
1: and like, shoot once and then get blowed? I, I don't like know. Like, hopefully,
0: it would send a message to Klingon High Command, and then Klingon High Command would tell them where to go do their sneak attack?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't good. I Didn't understand it. Uh, a five from Ben on world building. Uh, interspecies mixing the rough Klingon sex stuff. God, even stop talking about it. Um,
0: he had himself an evening,
1: I guess. I guess human and Klingon plumbing's pretty similar and compatible. God damn it. Uh, marriage oath once mated. That's what he had. And just to swing it around on characterization, he gave him a five as well. So. Yeah. Uh, but what did I give it?
0: What did you give it?
1: Why don't you guess? If, if you get it right. Um, nothing will happen. Eight. You were close. Uh, Data <laughs> still doesn't know words like fold. Yes, that's so dumb. Oh, it's dumb every time it happens. Like, he knows he's going to play poker, they so let's go play some poker. He doesn't immediately scan the dictionary and memorize everything in there. Why doesn't he already know it? Doesn't he have the dictionary in his the, brain? Bend
0: is the same as fold. I am the guy who said one is my name, the other is not. <laughs> yeah, right. About... 18 episodes ago.
1: He has the whole dictionary already in there. He doesn't have to re-download it every time. Why is this happening?
0: Uh, I, I deleted it again. Hold on.
1: <laughs> Whoops. I keep All doing right. it. Ah, uh, it wants me to sign in. He's racist and thinks Worf is too dumb for the game of poker. Um, yeah. Worf believes you should talk or play, not both, and that Klingons never bluff, but nah. Worf's expression when he sees Kalar is like, Oh, it's this bitch. Classic fucking Kalar move, showing up here without warning and airing our dirty laundry <laughs> in front of my work friends.
0: He's like, uh, now I get what Riker felt like when, when old Kyle Riker showed up <laughs> right. and made out with Pulaski.
1: You're right in front of everyone in 10 forward. In front Just of the computer and everybody. <laughs> um, Data was there, come on. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous.
0: I had to explain that to Data.
1: Data said he didn't even know what kissing was. It was very awkward. He's so honest when Picard asks if there are personal reasons he's avoiding Kalar. He's just like, yep, yes, yes, uh-huh, <laughs> that is why. Um. That's
0: one of my that's one of my favorite scenes in the episode, though, by the way.
1: Because then Picard fucking rules that by just turning around and going, any professional reasons?
0: <laughs> and then when Worf says no, Picard just raises his eyebrows, and Worf says, I withdraw my request. <laughs>
1: that's right. Fucking schools him in there. Um, Worf does not want to get into it with this lady. He definitely feels like she fucked him over in the past. Um, Worf is very proud of how his Starfleet service has changed him and his points of view. Uh, he gives Riker some real uppity sass on the bridge low when he's having his man's days up there. <laughs> Just fine. yells at him. Worf thinks killing more difficult Mothmen on the holodeck will make Kalar fully torqued, and he is right.
0: People. He's 100% correct.
1: Uh, Worf thinks humans treat sex like it's nothing. Haven't he seen how Riker changes completely based on his sexual relationships? And how those are going? I guess,
0: I guess not.
1: I don't think Riker, uh, despite his getting around, treats it like it's nothing. Um, no, he's excited every time. Alright, here's some math for you. Worf is either 24 or 25 in this episode based on the dates in memory alpha. That means okay. his first fling with Kalar was when he was 18 or 19. So. Yeah, Not clear how old she is, but uh, that's Worf's age. Um, <clears throat> Worf saves the day, and I love his performance as Captain Worf. And, let's see. Pulaski keeps calling Worf ugly. That's what that handsome, sarcastic, sarcastic remark was, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Plus, she thinks it's funny to flirt with him because he hates it so much.
1: Uh, Picard is curious, but not too put off by Starfleet's enigmatic orders. Um, again, puts Worf in his place with his professional reasons question. Riker's already started his I Speak Your Language games. Yeah. He saw this <laughs> lady... the first time? <laughs> he saw this lady get out of the pod, and he's like, I'm gonna wear this girl out like I did to Vekma, and I'm gonna use these sick-ass Klingon pickup lines. So yes, he's already on that, um... Troy is a habsy. in case anyone forgot. She immediately latches onto Kalar.
0: Um, oh, but don't worry. It didn't mean much to her.
1: No. Is it because uh, Kalar's leaking powerful emotions all over the ship? That she, I think it is. That she keeps showing up? up. Yes. <laughs> uh, I thought Worf, Riker, Troy, and Picard were good. And that Data was Data. Yeah. And I gave it a seven.
0: That's a pretty good score. I gave it five. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was the best wharf of season two, probably.
1: Well, I gave him something to uh, do.
0: I thought it was nice to give Troy a little business. And of course, uh, we get a couple of uh, Bechdel passing scenes here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just a couple of Picard moments having to do with wharf, but they're good. And I wish I could award points for Kalar because again, she walked off with this fucking thing.
2: Yeah,
0: I didn't care about Riker in this one. Um, although another really man. Okay, that's fine. Well, we'll, we'll get to quick hitters in a yes. minute. I definitely want to talk about it there. Um, so yeah, this this was fine. No one did a real terrible job. The uh, the poker scene I didn't need. I, I would have guessed that Worf would have thought Klingons don't bluff. I don't need you to hear him. I don't need to hear him say it <laughs> I know it to was, know that what he's doing at the end is a stretch. It was
1: weird. It's like they said, give us a teaser that makes it clear Worf's going to be the center of this episode. But it's like, when I watch the episode, I'll know he's the center of this episode.
0: That's right. I'm going to keep... I'm not going to turn <laughs> on and be like, is this one not about Worf? Fuck it. <laughs> also, it's like... <laughs>
1: You know, if the teaser has somebody else in it, I will still eventually figure out this is Warf's episode. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not like I'm gonna—I'm waiting just for the teaser to tell me what's happening.
0: Yeah, so it's just—it's hard for me to give this one a ton of characterization points because this episode is really about the guest star.
1: That's true. That is a fact.
0: So for me, it's a five. Um, Ben's a five on this one too.
1: Yeah, I I gave the score. I didn't give any of his comments. Yeah,
0: Um, he thought Picard was cool to go along with the idea of Worf bluffing the Battlecruiser. Also, Picard made it seem like maybe he really transferred command to Worf, which would actually be a third nice touch. Because he didn't really need to do that.
1: Yeah. But maybe, Um, I guess he needed to be able to authorize Worf to actually do stuff like shoot the weapons. and Just in case. Yeah, You know?
0: Although I guess at that point Picard could have just come out of the ready room and were like nah, shoot him for this, shoot him fire. now, fire the weapons. <laughs>
1: I'm really the captain. The ship is
0: 75 years old. We got time to kill them.
1: Shout over the airwaves. I'm actually the captain. Before he blows them up.
0: You were killed by a human. <laughs>
1: How does that feel? Mm. You're going to Grethor.
0: <laughs> Enjoy Grethor. <laughs> um, quick hitters. Do it. I hate a dude who is like talk or play, not both.
1: Yeah, t- like, why are you so serious, bro?
0: Like, my fucking goal here is not to just play as many fucking poker hands as I can.
1: Yeah, that's right. This isn't speed This poker. is supposed
0: to be a social
1: event. Yeah, we're, so. we're playing for, like, burrito money. Like, relax a little bit.
0: Yeah. Hey, these are some bicycle plastic poker <laughs> chips that someone spray-painted silver. Don't...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't get it twisted.
1: You think this is a fucking World Series of Poker or some James Bond scene or something?
0: I know. Um, I thought the flying coffin was cool. Okay. Uh, the so this observation room scene is full of is full of fun little small touches. Riker comes out and he's Captain Exposition. Yeah, but when he says the Federation and Klingons were still at war, Kaylor just gives a little nod. Yeah, like did you see? Like he's like, "Of course they were still at war." Then and she just nods and says, "You know, goes on with her briefing mm-hmm. instead of uh, you know being like me, like yeah,
1: yeah, we were all aware." And yes, I am a Klingon, and I am in this room.
0: And then, of course, immediately after that is the no professional reason scene. Yeah. Um. Instead of saying the Iceman's finally melting... Yeah. When Picard's like, I don't think I've ever seen Worf like this, Riker should have said, you should see him sometime when there are two bridges.
1: <laughs> That's right. You've never seen him see two things at the same time.
0: He fucking loses it.
1: <laughs> like, if there was, like, I don't know... You say you like you invited him to dinner, and you had like a pineapple on the table, but then like he turned around and there was another, another pineapple, two, two pineapples. Like then you would see the Ice Man really fucking melt.
0: Yeah, he's not into that at all. No, I'm sure you couldn't tell this in 1990 watching on a Magnavox. Mm-hmm. But one of those swords that Worf is holding, the one he throws to Kalar, is uh, clearly plastic, yeah. and the one he's holding is clearly metal. <laughs>
1: Um did you do you suppose either of them was as light as the giant spear Spock used in that one episode? Oh no. No, clearly not. <laughs> it was made entirely of foam.
0: That hits somebody in the back and then they're just like, ah, let's not do another take." Want right. we'll to pick up all this shit and throw it again. <clears throat> Uh, I like Worf's baldric lying crumpled on the ground as a visual metaphor uh, because neither of them can actually get out of their weird, like, body suits without help.
1: Yeah, they're like, Do you want us to be, like, putting these back on when the cameras come back on? Or, like, what do you want us to do? And they're like, Because it's a lot uh, of work. Can we just, like, stay in? Uh, no, just be
0: standing there fully clothed and talk about it, but we'll just put your uh, sash on the ground.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like in the scene in news radio when Beth comes back and Lisa has her back turned. So you can't see that her buttons have been buttoned up badly, because her and Dave did it in the. It's a news radio reference. Yeah, that's what that that's what they were going for in this one. Like, nah, they they got all their clothes on. It's no big deal.
0: Um, <clears throat> I was uh, pumped to see that Katinga model. I am every time.
1: It's really cool. I love that weird old model. bulbous head. Why does it look like yeah. that?
0: Why is it that shape?
1: It's really weird. It's got like, a skinny little neck. It's funny.
0: And uh, this is the episode that had Diedrich Bader at Tactical.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, it was. I have another note, too. Another personnel note.
0: Oh, cool. Uh, Well, it is your turn for quick headers.
1: Well, then I'll get to that one first. Uh, I recognize this helmsman from A League of Their Own. That's a real sentence. (laughs) Um, Was Data's, like, shuffling and dealing supposed to be real good? They, like, zoomed in on it and everything. And it looked fine. Like, I don't he play... didn't
0: shuffle enough times, by the way.
1: I don't play enough cards, so he's probably better than me, but like, he wasn't Scary Robot good at dealing. He was just like no, he, regular type. He should
0: have put the cards into his mouth, <laughs> and then we would have heard a whirring, and then he would have opened his mouth and that would have come flying out. That actually
1: would have been pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I don't know why this was programmed into me. But I and then
0: Jordy could have said, I hate when he does
1: that. Yeah, they could have had some good stuff going on. Yeah, I greet you. I am Kalar. Why did she talk like that the first time she got out of that probe?
0: She, That's Harkling on Wikipedia. She does,
1: yeah, she doesn't talk like that the rest of the episode. Um, let's see. I also said I wish Kalar could get characterization points, because they immediately gave her more to do than anyone who's ever been on the ship. Background about her parents and how she struggles every day and the weird self-hate and flirting with Worf and giving briefings on the tongue, Angry and vulnerable, and why isn't this a main character? Just invite her onto the show.
0: And it's clear how her feelings about her Klingon past affect her feelings about this mission, and no one has to say anything about it.
1: I know. I just don't. I Just just invite her on the show.
0: Just put her on the show.
1: If I broke some hotel furniture, I would definitely. (laughs) You'd be way more embarrassed when when the
0: woman who walked you to your room suddenly showed up again.
1: I would definitely lock the door and pretend no one was home. And then when I was sure (laughs) no one was outside, I would sneak out. I wouldn't just be like, yeah, come in, I broke all your stuff.
0: Yes, I smashed this table. <laughs> uh,
1: I-, I did have to write, when they come back from the commercial break, are they supposed to have fucked already? Just right there on the holodeck? Yes, they were.
0: Yeah, that answer is yes, they did.
1: Um, I wouldn't want to go volunteer for the mission to like go to the Tong and keep them asleep that they first talk they about. will
0: be mad when they figure out what happened oh, when no, an no. actual Klingon ship shows up
1: no so yes yeah, that part but I mean even in the beginning where, they, where they're like well if they're still asleep we can beam a crew over there and then keep oh, them yeah. asleep." and I'm like oh boy that sounds like a rough one if you blow it
0: yeah by the way Geordi has recently had great <laughs> experience of being part of a crew that beamed over right. somewhere but like even Riker and Pulaski just had some shit happen when they were on one of these teams That's what so I'm
1: like one like, their luck they'd get the timing just wrong and they'd yeah, beam exactly over there wrong. when those dudes were strapping their guns back on and they'd be like, oh, oh, we blew it. Uh, <laughs> we really nope. blew hey, this. we're not a raiding party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, dude, get your weird wired gloves ready, because next week is a strategy a tournament for the ages. Oh, God, for sure. That's all I got.
0: Uh, well, Next week is the last real episode of the season, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, did Ben have any quick hitters? He wanted to know what that what those missions were.
1: Yes, we all want to know, because they don't tell us.
0: I gave Best Actor to Worf and Worst Actor to Exposition
1: Riker. (laughs) I got some things to say about the background of this episode, if anyone wants to hear it.
0: In second place last week was the original series. Okay. Where this week we watched... uh, I know why you wanted to trade this, so you wouldn't have to say The Gamesters of Triskelion... (laughs) Kirk, Uhura, and Chekov prepare to beam down to the uninhabited Gamma 2 for like a checkup or something. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. As soon as they step onto the transporter platform, they wink out and appear in some sort of arena on a different planet.
1: It makes that noise that it makes.
0: It does do that
1: noise. (laughs) That Star Trek noise that happens.
0: As Scotty and Spock try to figure out what went wrong, the away team find themselves under attack by a caveman. Two go go dancers and Elvis Presley. Absolutely. Uh, their phasers don't work, so they're quickly subdued. And then a strange wizard appears and congratulates them on putting up a good fight.
1: Yeah, he's got like a real uh, The Count from Sesame Street cloak going yeah. on.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a Nosferatu wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, He introduces himself as Galt, yep. master thrall of the planet Triskelion. And
1: then you know that you're in the 60s.
0: <laughs> yes, and he knows their names. Yep. Um, They have callers affixed, courtesy of the providers. The callers mark them as thralls, and their training is uh, set to begin. Mm. Uh, They make a break. They do one of these, uh, they give each other secret looks, and then they attack, and then they try to run away. But uh, then their callers of obedience activate, and they get painful shocks that incapacitate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on the Enterprise, Spock has decided that uh, this was not just a routine transporter accident, but uh, he can't find him in the solar system, and he doesn't know where else to look. Right. So now we're back, and uh, the, our three crewmen are in jail. Uh, Lars, who looks the one who's <laughs> Elvis.
1: I love that they just named him Lars. Lars. <laughs> That's an alien uh, sh-
0: a name. Is Uhura's drill thrall. And shows up to her cell to sexually assault. I was going to say
1: he's uh, the, by drill thrall. You mean rapist?
0: That's correct. Yeah. Um. We cut to commercial with this.
1: What's happening to Lieutenant O'Hara? <laughs> Lieutenant O'Hara, you know her.
0: I'm sorry. Let's one more time, Lieutenant. What?
1: What's happening to Lieutenant You Yuhira?
0: <laughs> Yuhira?
1: He doesn't know. i know you think he should know her name by now but he it's it's not important we're
0: pretty deep in season two (laughs) um but then when we come back from commercial uh kirk's drill thrall shows up and he kind of stops worrying about if uhura is okay she fought the guy off turns out
1: yep uh well he must have had confidence in her ability because in that first scene he makes her fight the two ladies he takes one guy, <laughs> yes. and Chekhov takes one guy, and Uhura takes two.
0: Two ladies. <laughs> they have spears. That way neither Kirk nor Chekhov has to hit a woman. It's
1: just insane what happens. Anyway. <clears throat> um, yeah, well, yeah, because this lady is wearing one of them sexy 60s alien outfits. So That is
0: correct. Yeah. She's, got, she's got sexy green troll doll hair, mm-hmm. and go-go boots, and...
1: Uh, and silver underpants.
0: And silver underpants, and she's the skinny woman, so she's the good one. That's right. Chekhov gets very nervous when his drill thrall Tamun comes to visit because she's a little chunky and he thinks she wants to do sex.
1: Well, he heard what and, happened in the other cells.
0: And how gross would that be? You yeah. it's not great.
1: It's a throwback to the, that first episode where that lady was too ugly to come on the mission to come on the Enterprise with them. That's right. And they all understood. <laughs> they get it.
0: Uh. Kirk's drill thrall, Shauna, explains that the color of their collars is a sign of which of their providers, etc. And that uh, Kirk and the others are going to be sold for Quatlu's at an auction (laughs) once their training is complete. And uh, Kirk gets about halfway through seducing her when it's time for the uh, exercise interval. Mm. Galt shows up with a disobedient thrall to be whipped or punished or something. Mm. And uh, all three of the members of the away team are like, no, I'm not going to do that, though. Yeah. So uh they get a little bit of collar and after some business where Kirk volunteers for Uhura, he gets whipped all around the arena by this caveman.
1: Did I write down the caveman's
0: name? Klug.
1: Klug. <laughs> it's Clug. Klug, Tamun, Shauna, and, and Lars. And Galt. And then Galt the uh, I didn't the write wizard. down the
0: name of this slave, but they do say it.
1: Uh was this slave uh he was a black boy, right? He was black. Okay.
0: <clears throat> yeah. He was a he was a a big a big black slave. Okay and he was going to get whipped for being disobedient, but Uhura wasn't going to whip him. Yeah. They didn't say that it was... Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh,
1: yeah, I just, I, it's fine, we can move on.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, during a rest interval, Shauna tells Kirk that Klug has a weak left eye, and uh, Kirk avoids being whipped long enough to get his hands free and garrot him.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it had anything to do with his left eye, but he definitely did
0: Well, he definitely him. seemed to be mainly hanging out on the right side, which seemed <laughs> like he did not... Li- the stunt double didn't hear that piece of the script, basically. I
1: specifically was watching after she said that, because I assumed it meant something, but he didn't do anything.
0: Anyway, that impresses the providers, so they do the auction right the fuck away. Yeah. These guys have not been trained. No. All that's happened so far is Kirk has choked a guy. That's right. So Provider One wins the auction at uh, 2,000 Kwatlus. Nice. And uh, then the other providers make a little side bet on whether or not they're going to have to destroy these three slaves as untrainable. Hmm. Kirk continues his work on uh, Shauna, asking whether the providers are computers, whether they used to have physical form. Basically, he does a bunch of guessing that turns out to be basically correct. Yep,
1: yeah, that's what he does. Uh,
0: whether these guys, Whether they're now <laughs> currently jogging through the ruins of their former corporeal civilization. Yep. He tells her love is the most important thing on Earth and he well he doesn't seduce her completely right here he does get under her skin and she starts to tell him the rumors she's heard about the providers oh and then provider one comes and um and punishes her and so you know kirk has to stand up for her
2: i'm responsible oh. i made her talk <laughs> stop <Stubborn>. it <laughs> you're killing her <laughs>
1: Weird, the weird hesitation between killing and her. You're, You're killing, killing her! her. <laughs> Only one take. Because you say killing her, I say killing to her. You say murder, <laughs> anyway, no, I say you hero. That's right.
0: After this, she is good and seduced. Oh, yeah. Um. Meanwhile, up in space, Anson Haynes, whose name they say, though I don't think we'll ever see this woman again. The White Lady? Yes, has found a weird hydrogen cloud, and Spock has set off after it. And now McCoy and Scotty think this was a big mistake, and they want to go back to Gamma 2 and keep looking there.
1: Yeah, they're like, hey, he disappeared on Gamma 2. Who gives a shit about this thing?
0: Yeah. Uh, But Spock handles him pretty nicely by invoking the word mutiny. He (laughs) takes him over to a corner. He leans down and says, unless you gentlemen are proposing a mutiny...
1: And then Scott is like c- c-
0: c- c- come on come on now.
1: I wouldn't c- do that. Don't,
0: don't don't say the word Oh
1: <laughs> He really Boy, I thought I thought we oh. were friends. Spock, how
0: dare you? <laughs> I don't know why I met him Irish again. That was not right <laughs> it's okay. at all. I know not he's, remotely he's correct. A Scott. Yeah. Uh, so they relent and Enterprise keeps on coming.
1: Faith in Bagora.
0: Yeah, he does say that. <laughs> so now uh, Kirk uh, does some kissing and then he knocks Shauna out with one weak punch Yeah, and he lets the others out and it turns out that they also have dealt with their drill thralls uh, Just because In one way or another Uhura <laughs> just pissed hers off so he went to tell on her But uh, So they get out but whoops, here's Galt again with his shiny eyes and um, he starts to punish them but it turns out Provider One is into it He likes these guys Yeah he likes what they're doing, and about this time, Enterprise arrives, and Spock and McCoy decide they're going to beam down, but Provider One stops them, and instead they do, like, a weird three-way, where... Uh, three-way call? Three-way call, yeah. where Spock and McCoy are up on the bridge, and Kirk's down there, and everybody can hear everybody, and Kirk bullies him into letting him see his real form, and then yeah. they go down below the planet, and it's three different colored brains <laughs> under glass. Three
1: silly little multicolo Three uh, yellow brain a, red brain, a red brain, and a blue brain?
0: Yeah, and they're not big; they're nope. little brains, tiny little brains.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, and now, now Kirk's got a solution. Does no idea why it had to wait till he was down there for this solution because it's it would have worked anywhere. It's a verbal solution. He, these guys are big gamblers. Mm-hmm. They try to do another gamble, and he's like, ah, "I've got it. I know the ticket here. I'm going to challenge you to a bet. Yeah, you pick the weapons, and my me and my two dudes here will fight an equal number of thralls." Right. And here's the stakes. Me and if the revolution win,
1: versus you and your crew.
0: If if we win... it's <laughs> right, exactly. If we win, you are going to free these thralls. They're not going to be gladiators anymore. And you're going to give them schools and medicine and stuff. And teach them to <laughs> live on their own and make their own society here.
1: And none of the braids goes, there's only three of them. <laughs> what? And, what society? And if I,
0: and if I win... And if you win, you can have the Enterprise. I know it seems like you've got it now. <laughs> that's right. But them's the stakes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So they're like, oh, whatever, so many Kwatlus, et cetera, et cetera. We'll do it, but uh, you have to fight all three of them.
2: Yeah. You've got to so go here's, one on three.
0: Here, here's a bunch of rules for this contest, because that's what we needed at this point in the episode. It's a fight to the death. If you kill them, they're out. But if you just injure them, we'll replace them with someone else. Mm. You stay in the yellow zone. They stay in the blue zone. Uh, The fight begins, and Kirk whips ass.
1: Yeah, obviously. He takes
0: Klug and Lars out basically instantly, and then there's suddenly an Andorian there.
1: Yeah, that Andorian shows up out of nowhere, so I guess maybe there's more than three of these old boys on this planet.
0: And he's the guy that just gets injured, so now Shauna is coming in as the Andorian's replacement, which I guess is some stakes, but, like, Kirk doesn't oh, love Shauna. he Shana. doesn't give
1: a shit about her. We, he was playing his James Bond games. We
0: because he kissed her twice he James, we know this he was
1: James bonding her the whole episode
0: Um, he ends up with a knife at her throat and suddenly she says the thralls surrender and I, although they did not say anything about that <laughs> when they were laying out the very careful terms that's it Yeah. everyone on the ship watches him give her a goodbye kiss and then they fuck right off yeah yeah I mean he tells them that they're gonna have to they're gonna now have you have to make and them schools
1: out. in society and they society, have to have good hats for when they go whatever. on holiday and all that yeah
0: um, and that's this dumb episode, Matthew. What was it about?
1: Let me just see what Ben had first.
0: Says, <laughs> in case it case clues he in in case is
1: better than mine. Humans are boss. <laughs> Even when they aren't superior, we have something innate in us that will make us win anyway. We are da shit. Not a hot take, but then again, I'm generally pretty pro human myself, and he gave it a five. All right, I like my take better. All right, let's hear it. Our fascination with trivial pursuits. Will lead us to build a culture around entertainment at any price? Question mark.
0: Ah, that's a. This is a cautionary tale. It's a
1: four for me. Execution (laughs) will have a lot to say about this take. Um,
0: I guess we're going to be betting for quad lose on gladiator style shit real soon.
1: These old boys played so much Fortnite that they evolved into tiny little game playing brains. I guess is what's happening in here. Yep. Alright, that's what I had.
0: I did redstone circuitry in Minecraft and now I'm a brain. (laughs) Look at
1: my little body brain.
0: Look at my tiny brain. I live in this jar with my two friends. (laughs) We don't even have our own jars. Without
1: bodies, how did this even happen? Do they have robots or do they just have thralls that did this for them? I don't understand.
0: Why do they live in a cave?
1: 1960s. You need to explain more. They <laughs> live on a pedestal in a cave. There's a lot that I need to know about how this could have well, happened.
0: Which was the step immediately before this? <laughs> These guys lived in that cave in their human bodies? <laughs> or the three brains lived on the planet? I don't know. Which was the immediately preceding step? I want to know. You want
1: to know why the cave is involved at all? Why are they in the cave. Yeah, I, 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 it's a good question. I Maybe like the We Romulans. like the cave. Like the Romulans, they just choose to live in caves. Perhaps.
0: 400 Kwatlus on the cave.
1: <laughs> Take the cave every time. It's never let us down. Uh, what did you have? That was a four for me.
0: Compassion is the highest indicator of superiority. Mm. I mean, Kirk... This is this is part of what Kirk uses, but in the end, he just gambles to win. Yeah. So it's a tell and not a show. Ah, I see. He talks a big game to them about how if they were really superior, they could just train these thralls, give them a civil. It's going to be the real challenge. Yeah, that's right. A you guys are interested
1: in a challenge. Here you go. As you guys, you gotta like make them have a congress. and, yeah. <laughs> Like automobiles.
0: Give them a bicameral legislator. Legislature. <laughs> That's the greatest no, no. challenge. You got it
1: right the first time. That's how. That's, that's how he would pronounce it.
0: Yes, two. It's probably true.
1: What's happening to Tanya Nuhiara? I totally. Um, in real time, I went, "Oh, that's a good one." <laughs> 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 What's happening to Tanya Nuhiara?
0: So he says it, and I don't hate it, but it's it, it doesn't carry through. Anyway, it's a five point take for me.
1: Okay.
0: because I guess, like another thing that he says is, "Real gamesters bet it all." Which is a shit take.
1: That's not a good take, and no one has ever called anyone a gamester. A gamester. (laughs) Yeah, but he sure does. Yep,
0: Real gamesters, he looks at the camera, of Triskelion.
1: (laughs) Uh, Why don't you flip around and give us uh, your great execution scores.
0: Okay, there's like one good scene in this episode, and it's back on the ship. It's in the B-plot. The only good scene is when Spock does that mutiny bit with them.
1: It shames them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Kirk stops worrying about Uhura as soon as his sexy troll doll shows up. Chekhov manages to escape the clutches of a mildly amorous She-Hulk. Everything that happens on the planet is bad from beginning to end.
1: Did you are correct.
0: I thought the best part of this episode was the word Kwatluz.
1: <laughs> I, I think I've been very
0: clear about that. It <laughs>
1: came into a the dream.
0: What kind of money do these brains have? How can it have money? What is it?
1: See, it has to be a concept they invented with their brain bodies.
0: It's just betting points, right? Yeah. It's like... It's like fan- they just it's keep like track this of who fantasy has more gladiators where they have a certain amount that they're drafting with.
1: That's right. They're playing fantasy NASCAR every week.
0: Pro- provider <laughs> Provider One spent two thousand kwatlus on these three jokers, but it's like How can I that lose means I have the other Jeff guy's get clues? And for sure. Jimmy
1: Johnson, and I only spent seven hundred and fifty kwatlus. Are you guys even yeah. playing?
0: Uh this is a real diaper episode, and I gave it two points. How many did you give it?
1: <laughs> I also gave it two. The obvious problem with the take that I cooked was that we see how Roddenberry says humans are going to turn out, and it's Kirk and his crew. Yeah. So my take about about this is what's going to happen to us is obviously not what Roddenberry thinks is going to happen, but I don't know what else was happening. I'd like to say that this bikini thrall was a very 1960s choice, but I'm not convinced Enterprise wouldn't do the exact same thing.
0: Oh, no, definitely not
1: um otherwise kirk is a nasty old dog everyone is mean to spock and ladies wear close to nothing poor but representative tos two two points
0: yeah ben's a three he says uh the fights are fairly silly but especially the one with the whipping and hands tied kirk yeah um but it's he says it's got an okay amount of action that's the thing i always want in star trek i know (laughs) as well as the landrew type outsmarting of kirk's opponents
1: uh i guess i mean he does make some bet for everything yeah yeah
0: they do. I guess they don't realize that they have all the power and they don't have to do a bet, but yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they just go, no. Then that would be it. <sighs> all right.
0: Um, uh, Matt, was there world building?
1: Uh, first Ben's, loose. <laughs> yeah. Enterprise can do Warp 7 and maybe a wee bit more. That was worth three points for him. Uh, here's what I got. Uninhabited Gamma 2. It's got some kind of automated facility there that they need to check on. Kirk and Co. landed at a place with a Trinary Star. Uh, formation, I guess.
0: Oh, and by the way, they're taking Uhura down on this mission so she can be sexually menaced, right?
1: Oh, yes. I, I have in my quick hitters why why is this the away team? What yes. is this away team? <laughs>
0: He's never used this away team before.
1: This is an insane choice. Um, Galt, Master Thrall of the planet Triskelion. That's a sentence. 1960s. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Quatlus are the currency, whatever this is. Trisex are like time intervals that will never come up again because they won't be on this planet anymore. These old boys are different colored brains. They evolved into them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why are they? By the way, they're different colored. Why?
1: I got to say, I, um, this is one. This is a one point world building <laughs> for me. <laughs> Did you have more points for it? I couldn't come up with anything.
0: I mean, I gave it as many as two. I do. I do start with a question, which is not amazing, mm. which is what could United Spaceship possibly mean?
1: Yeah, what, what is United about it? Yes. Is space United? Like... Has all of space been United?
0: Like, they're like, well, let's call it the USS Enterprise. Yeah. What, United States ship? No, that's that like, doesn't make sense. Yeah, we're
1: not that anymore.
0: United space spaceship? Ship? You all got right. it. All right. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. I guess all of space has been United. The part uh, that
0: Warp, Warp 7 is pretty fast, and a dozen light years is pretty far. Quat lose. Uh, Kirk seems to recognize this as primary mental evolution, which suggests that this is a thing he's aware of or has theorized about.
1: I think this is one of those things they theorized about, like the time um, there was that big black cat and uh, those creatures <laughs> were from a different dimension. Yes. Those weird little creatures. Those little birds. Those little weird, birds. Those weird little birds that he the theorized. Were little pipe cleaner sparrows. He theorized existed and then it turned out they existed and they were little pipe cleaner sparrows. Yeah. I think it's kind of like that.
0: Uh, Yes, once again, this is an episode where Kirk hears their voice and goes, are they computers? (laughs) Now, this time it turns out they're not, but he's right that they're weird.
1: That's right. TOS is so wild, dude.
0: It is. It is just buck wild. I
1: never understand. At the end of each episode, I go, I don't know what happened. I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
0: before I cut over to characterization, uh, Ben gave it a four and his first quote was,
2: what's happening to Lieutenant Yuhura?
0: Yeah, what is happening? He knows what that big dude's going to do to Yuhura.
1: (laughs) Yuhura. Uh,
0: he says he bets Shat really punched her.
1: Uh, yeah. He has to give her, that's Shat style acting. The lady doesn't see it coming, so she gives a real performance.
0: And Kirk gambles with everybody's lives and freedom. But he he gave it a four it. for characterization despite what seemed like some pretty negative remarks.
1: What did you give it on world building again?
0: Two. Okay. And on characterization, I'm a five. Okay. I'm as much as a five. So uh Spock, I think, is pretty good here. He admits that he's having emotions about the whole thing. He handles McCoy and Scotty pretty well. They're good too. Chekhov is the worst.
1: Yeah. It's not good. And Uhura's
0: only real contributions are to refuse to whip a man and to fight off a sexual assault. Right. But uh, on the whole, characterization wasn't what I thought was bad about this episode, frankly.
1: No, at the very least, everyone was exactly what they normally are.
0: Right, yes. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is how these people are.
1: Um, let's see. Kirk won't hit a woman, so he leaves unarmed Uhura to fight two warrior chicks with halberds. Her later. Oh, never mind. He hits a lady later <laughs> in this very episode. <laughs> he thinks it's plausible that they've been zapped into another dimension, not just like some jail somewhere. Um, Kirk uh, is trying some James Bond shit to get out of here, hitting on this shiny bikini lady. The devil with the providers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Kirk ignores this lady's advice about approaching Klug from the left and just does his own thing.
0: Yeah, he had his own ideas.
1: He seemed like he was playing her, but he does become quite agitated when they hurt her, as as you played the clip for. But he says that you're killing her.
0: Yeah, that one's too long. I'm not going to play it again.
1: Uh, Kirk is like, <clears throat> we've manipulated countless cultures across the galaxy. You don't have the guts to do the same.
0: Yeah, and by the way, is that true? It might be true.
1: <laughs> it's true, I think.
0: I think it might be true.
1: Uh, f- fucking Kirk. He ain't taking this broad with him. He's not looking no. for a relationship right now. Nah. This lady's going to have to stay on the weird brain thrall planet.
0: This woman might not be able to read. She's she was like, raised a slave. All she knows is fighting.
1: I just love how he's the good guy in the show. And he James Bonds her the whole time. And then she's like, can I come with you? And he's like, nah, no, you've got, though. you've got
0: harder work to do here. Someday you'll be ready to go to space.
1: Nah, though. Cause I'm like, i ain't trying to be like tied down.
0: Baby, I'm a rambling man. I know you don't know this about me or anyone because you don't understand. You don't what understand what love, love,
1: is. Is. love or sex or men or women, but like uh, I was, I gotta ramble. It's summertime. <laughs> I got
0: gotta ramble on.
1: It's summertime. baby, baby, baby. And now I I gotta ramble again because it's summertime. <laughs> so you know what that's like.
0: Anyway, I know all about this. That song will be written in a couple of years.
1: <laughs> uh. Even when the crew are missing, including his good friend Jim, Bones is always ready to spar with Spock in a lighthearted but overtly racist way. That's correct. He also challenges Spock's assertion that the answer is out in that trinary system, like the whole episode, which was annoying because as the viewer, we know it's there. Yes. And also, he
0: doesn't have a better plan. Yeah, he does not
1: have a good plan, and it gets really tiresome because you're like, we already know.
0: I wish Spock had turned control over to him and he'd gone up and just said, magnify 10,000 times.
1: (laughs) I wish what had happened was just like the episode with the uh, alternate Kirk and crew who just got put in jail and we didn't have to see any of it. (laughs) I wish we didn't have to see anything that happened on the Enterprise because it (laughs) it just wasted time.
0: And just at the end, Spock shows up maybe right after Kirk wins his bet.
1: He just shows up (laughs) right after Kirk wins the bet and just picks everyone up and they go home.
0: Maybe he just, like, Kirk wins his bet, and then he just hits his communicator, and he's like, Spock, are you there? And Spock's like, yes, Captain. And you're just like, yeah.
1: All right, that works for me. All right, just in time. If you want, you can include a scene like last week where you just show the Enterprise flying around to triumphant music. That's fine. (laughs) But I don't want any more than that. They didn't do anything.
0: It's a good cutaway that explains how they get from those ruins where they were gonna fuck to the cell again. (laughs)
1: That's right. Chekhov is shy around his thrall, and he still calls people Cossacks. I
0: don't think he was shy around her. I think he has a no-fat-chicks policy. That was the vibe I got from
1: that, and that's why I hated it. That could be. Uh, She's
0: got a deep voice, and she's a little husky.
1: uh, Scotty challenges Spock's idea about searching far away from where the crew was lost and begs him to go back. And then, like you said, Spock uh, does the whole uh, mutiny thing. Spock also says Daniel had only his faith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Well, Spock has
0: already agreed that there is only the one Christian <laughs> God. We, we know this.
1: Why is he but why is he the most Christian of all? Don't of worry, them? dog. later there's
0: going to be an episode about Sun. Okay, it's fine.
1: Why is he the most, though? Yeah, it's yeah, not like yeah. he washed off like it rubbed off on him a little bit and because like, the crew won't stop talking about the Bible or whatever. It's always yeah. him.
0: It is always him. he knows what, he actually doesn't know that much human mythology. He really kind of only knows the Bible. That's just one thing that he picked up on.
1: Anyway, I thought it was a five. It was very TOS. Oh, okay. It was extremely we, TOS. Yes.
0: So in the end, we agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, If you don't have quick headers on this, you don't have quick headers. I can't imagine
1: you wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I have some. Well, again, weird away team of Kirk, Chekhov, and Uhura. Kirk must have read the script. Uh, Love that battle music coming back for this one. Um, yeah. They came back from the opening credits and ran a one-minute scene before another commercial break. (laughs) Did you notice that? No. It was wild. I was like, what was happening in the 60s? They didn't have that many commercial breaks. Uh, Interesting shaky cam choice for this part where the guy zaps him with the pain givers. Yeah. Was this show scary in the 60s?
0: Oh, boy, it's so hard to tell. Is the Twilight Zone scary? That's from even earlier.
1: I think people probably were scared of the Twilight Zone. Like, yeah. I can't watch that. You know I can't watch that. Nah, um,
0: nah, 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 nah. He's going to break his glasses.
1: <laughs> I, I know how this one ends. I can't watch this.
0: Nah, 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 nah. That kid wishes kids into the, wishes people into the cornfield. I can't do that.
1: Oh, my God. The, uh, the lady's a giant. The alien's little. I, no, I don't want to look at it anymore.
0: Oh, no, no. The pig, the pig knows people are beautiful.
1: <laughs> I want to see some behind the scenes on this episode. So I know what giant oaf and the two warrior ladies were chatting about between scenes. Oh yeah! Do you think he tried his luck with these space bikini broads? You know the oh, guy shit? who played um no Kluge.
0: Oh Kluge! Yeah, for sure he did. Kluge
1: was like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm six eight.
0: Hey, so um, I've been taking acting classes, and I think this is uh, this is really going to be big for me. Have you guys seen this? You show know, before? I know it's not a big part, but like people are going to see me.
1: You know who was on this show? I can't think of anyone who was on this show. Who was on this show that was famous? <laughs> <laughs> I was it's gonna. A... Nobody. Uh, I was going to say something, but there was nothing. Um, a lot of day players. <laughs> uh, let's see. D. Kelly already has like a quivery old man voice and it's still like 1967 or whatever <laughs> year it is.
0: Uh, he was the oldest member of the cast.
1: <laughs> Not good though. Because Star Trek's going to go on for a lot longer with this dude. Uh, Lars the Drill Thrall. Okay. Yep. Uh, I have it as, what's happening to Lieutenant O'Hara? I thought that was the closest thing <laughs> to what he said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, luckily, when I heard it, I said, oh, I'm going to be playing this forever.
1: <laughs> and again, I don't think he ever learned her name. Uh, hey, look, White Uhura is back, but this time at the con. Oh, yeah. But um, so so not just at the
0: con. First, she's at Spock's science station, and then she takes the con.
1: Th- yeah, that's right. They
0: Either they don't have many trained bridge officers, or Spock really likes this lady.
1: Whenever anyone's out of town, he brings her on board. He brings her up to the bridge.
0: So get Ensign Haynes up here. I like... She's not hot enough for Kirk to care about, but I like her.
1: I like her feet. Star Trek. Star Trek.
0: (laughs) That's probably true.
1: Uh, cool romance music for, uh, the big chick at Chekhov. That's great. (laughs) I was so mad when I paused and there was still more time left than had passed in the episode. Yeah. It made me very, very unhappy. Uh, show me more of this Earth thing you call kissing. That's all I had.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, um... Why the guy look like Elvis, though?
1: Yeah, that's a good question.
0: I why just, do you look so much like Elvis? I just
1: chalked him up to the 60s, but you're right. Why did that happen?
0: Like, Elvis was already a big deal. There's no way you could watch that on TV and not go,
1: In the 60s? Yeah.
0: That dude looks like hey, Elvis. That
1: a, that, why are they making that guy look like Elvis hey, on this planet? Is that like, Elvis is bad?
0: That's like blonde Elvis. What are we doing here? Are
1: they saying we shouldn't like Elvis?
0: Is Elvis a... Drill Fall? Is he going to rape a lady?
1: Go down to fucking Desilu or whatever and tear that shit down.
0: Uh, a. What is the point of their training harnesses? Mm-hmm. And B. Why Zuhura's sparkly?
1: Yeah, I think you know why. She's a lady. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> Another batch of wild ass theories from Kirk, of course. Hey, um, at the end. Everyone else takes off their collar in a civilized way. <laughs> yep. Like, they just reach back and unclasp it, comes right off. Kirk fucking grabs his by the throat and yanks until it pops. He's
1: um not fully hinged. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> like, ever. But particularly if uh, he just had to, like, fight three thralls or whatever, he's re- he's really ready to shove it in their faces. And then, he's, then he probably yelled at him, you're going to really enjoy making them have school and stuff. I hate you.
0: <laughs> hey, this old girl, Shauna. Yeah. I thought she looked like Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I guess kind of.
0: Right? Yeah. But like if she was playing a troll doll if or she, something.
1: If she was purposely trying to look... Like, I would not be surprised if they had an episode where she was playing a 1960s Star Trek extra.
0: Right. Yeah, if an episode of The Girly Show did that?
1: Yes, where she was playing one of Kirk's uh, bimbos or whatever.
0: Um, However, so I went and looked her up. Okay. However, if you go down this rabbit hole, Uh you will eventually come across a picture of her in this costume, slightly different green hair, uh, nude, and she's dyed her pubes green. Oh, that's... Turns out this lady had a porn career.
1: But always, but she just kept revisiting this Oh No, at
0: some point she took a funny picture as Shauna. Again,
1: hmm. well, green pubes Great magic green hair I did not go down that rabbit hole and I feel fine yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> feel, that is a
0: that is a warning for everybody okay <laughs> alright I gave best actor to Spock and worst actor to Shauna
1: she wasn't good
0: there's a time none of the drill thrills were good but she was actually in the episode
1: so we got uh, God, we got one more of these okay
0: yeah, we do. Uh, ben had a quick hitter, by the way, oh. which was that Andorian goes ass over a tea kettle and you can see his unpainted white belly. <laughs> yeah, in the fight scenes, they, were really, they really were counting on you not having a good TV in the old days. or They really had a low opinion of what you would ever be able to see on the TV. Yep. Who would notice that? But it's true. What? Yeah, Kirk's stunt double's totally bald. Who would notice?
1: <laughs> no one's gonna see that. They're gonna see all the great action.
0: But yeah, last week, Enterprise won.
1: That was surprising.
0: And this week we watched Horizon. God damn
1: it.
2: <laughs>
1: I want to push the skip button. Skip intro. <laughs> Netflix lets There's me skip no it. skip
0: intro on this podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm so mad they're better than Voyager. It's really making me mad.
0: And to be honest... um We already did Voyager this week. We have revealed it did not score highly. Enterprise is not going to have to do much work to pull even further ahead. God damn it. Mayweather is hanging out in his gravity spot when he gets called to the bridge.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, The ship is retreating 30 light years, which seems pretty far. Yeah. To investigate a... A, a weird star system that's about to undergo a massive geological changes. So they're going to do some fucking science, which has not seemed to be part of their mandate, but no. now they're going to.
1: I think Mayweather says later in this episode they've traveled 120 light years. So that is right. a significant distance. to back. So they're going way back. Yeah.
0: However, this means that they're going to go real close to his family ship, the Horizon. Hmm. So, and his dad's been sick lately. So he requests, you know, a little diversion. They don't need him to do the science, uh, he's going to visit his family, etc. cetera. Uh, in the B plot, Trip is making plans for all the downtime the crew is going to have while they do this thing. Hmm. And his dumb plan is a Frankenstein triple bill.
1: Yeah. And he's going to
0: make, he's going to make T-Pole go to this thing whether or not she wants to.
1: He's not a good like social activities director and he's not a good film curator. No. And he's kind of a bad friend.
0: He's not a good friend. Yeah. Uh, before they even get to the horizon, though, I guess they get close enough to get a message to them. And Mayweather gets the bad news that uh, his dad already died. It's just that word never even got to the ship. Oof. They're so far out. And Travis takes this hard. He had been putting off making contact with his sick dad because he had daddy issues because his dad didn't want him in Starfleet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hmm. But Archer tells him, you know actually your dad wrote a really good letter of recommendation for you. And so maybe he did approve. Anyway, he is still dead. That's that has not changed. <laughs> That's right. hope so that helps. Sorry,
1: yeah, I can't really uh the important part is still true. The the rest of it though pff, different.
0: So they come alongside Horizon and uh Trip shows up and gives Mayweather a photo album of all the photos he's taken of him on the on the trip. We've never seen Trip take a photo. <laughs> but now he's got a photo album. Yep. And uh, they drop him off. Enterprise leaves to go do its scientific mission. And uh, Travis uh, takes a tour of the ship. His mom knows all about his exploits. She's put his old room back together. He meets a bunch of people who all know him, but he doesn't introduce us to any of them, so we don't learn who
1: they are. Yeah, or like what his uh, relation is to them.
0: And then also uh, his brother's the new captain. His brother Paul. We don't learn that he's his brother till way later. I guess we just have to assume it. Yeah, they, they don't do any work explaining who these people are on the horizon.
1: Yeah, I guess it's... He it. doesn't
0: actually even say hi, mom, to his mother. That's true. We're just like, <laughs> eh, yes an older black he, lady. That's got to be his mom.
1: Yeah, luckily he talked about her earlier in the episode, so we yeah. we were able to make that link. Uh,
0: Back in the B-plot... Man. Back in the B-plot, <laughs> Archer sort of forces to Paul to go to the Frankenstein thing as his date. Yeah, it's not good. So that's no good.
1: Flocks would not be happy with this.
0: Yeah, this is ex- exactly what Flocks said not to do. That <laughs> dude's got four wives. Maybe listen to him for a second. That's
1: right. You big baby.
0: He might know something. He was so cool when his wife wanted to fuck yeah, him. Yeah, but he what do I do? Totally I... cool
1: about it. Well, what do I do? I really want to have sex with her, though. Yeah. that seems. <laughs> to be what what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you just don't want me to have sex with her
0: you're just like the Vulcans trying to stop my dad from having sex with (laughs) T-Paul back over on Horizon Travis is trying hard to uh, real hard to be helpful but O'Connor style Paul's like okay so what if this breaks while you're back
1: on the Enterprise like you're trying to do
0: some upgrades then you're gonna fuck off Jordy, what
1: happens when I can't hang out with you guys anymore with all my cool jokes
0: (laughs) that's right I'm a rambling man by the way (laughs) that's right by the way, Wesley.
1: Wesley? I don't know if you know about love yet. I do Wesley.
0: get lonely sometimes, but...
1: <laughs> Every once in a while, I just get sick of this town, and I gotta move on.
0: Anyway, there's definitely some resentment there, and in case we didn't know what was going on, uh, his little blonde friend Nora shows up and mm-hmm. tells him that things are maybe not going so well since his dad died, and the crew doesn't have... Like, Paul hasn't earned their faith yet, et cetera, et cetera. The ship comes under attack by unnamed aliens. Their technology is like the technology of the Masorites, but I guess they're not Masorites. They could have been. We don't know who those are. That's true. There's no reason to invoke the Masorites. It sounds like one of the tribes the Hebrews fought in uh, the Old Testament.
1: It's clear that it's one of the many, many aliens that Archer has pissed off and shot.
0: (laughs) Yes, uh, because... uh, Yeah, exactly, because Travis is like, you know what, I can do something to your weapons so you can fight these guys. Yeah. Like, they run away from them, but they've got an explosive planted on their hull, and they've heard a story from another freighter that these guys are going to show up and demand their cargo or whatever, and Paul's like, you know what, let's not, maybe not fight, because we are a freighter. Can we maybe just cut some weight and run as fast as we can to the heavily defended station we're going to? Yeah. Uh... So Travis goes ahead and makes the modifications anyway in secret
1: because <laughs> he learned everything from Archer. Well,
0: he does talk about like in that scene. He's like, you know, I've learned from Captain Archer. That was a bad sign. Give right in there. to bullies; they're just going to come back. And if Paul doesn't know that Archer's an asshole, nope. So he he can't go. Well, don't <laughs> learn from him anymore. But at home, please. You can,
1: at home, you can go. Oh no, 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 no. This is bad. Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, so they have. Um, they have an argument about it, but I guess it turns out Paul doesn't remove the modifications cuz maybe he would like to have better plasma turrets. Mm. Seems like maybe you should keep those. Yeah. Uh so Travis has a chat with his mom. He he thinks he should take an extended leave and stay to help get Horizon going, but his mom wants him to have the life that he wanted to have, etc., etc. Woof. Uh they watch Frankenstein and uh then to Paul, sympathizes with Frankenstein because the Vulcans didn't feel great about arriving on Earth, but, like, no one asked them to.
1: It's true. No one invited you anyway. No one
0: fucking... You just... You saw our weird one rocket go to warp one for one second, and you're just like, you know what? Now I live
1: it. here. Yeah. I live in Montana now.
0: Um, That's the end of that plot. The alien ship shows up again, and this time th- their demand is a little more strenuous. They want the whole ship, so they want the crew to evacuate. Okay. Uh, And Paul is like, well, guess we're going to have to fight. So they detach from their cargo, and they do a bunch of pew-pews, and they disable the ship because Travis knew about Maserite engines, and then they circle back and get their cargo and go on their merry way. Hmm. Uh, Paul comes to say goodbye to him, and he's like, well, I guess you're not so bad after all, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, then Mayweather goes back to the Enterprise, and for some reason he lies to Archer about being attacked by aliens. The end.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh,
0: Archer says, your port uh, cargo modules look like they took some battle damage. And Archer's like, you know, these old ships.
1: Oh, he's getting shot by aliens. No! what? That's not what I meant. Tell him about the aliens! It does seem very
0: weird. Maybe Starfleet would like to know.
1: That's like his weird his weird way to like to agree with his brother about how Starfleet is... Starfleet's not doing us any good out real here. real problem out here. And I we guess they're going to keep ourselves. not doing any good if we don't tell them about it. We're just going to... We'll, we'll do it ourselves, because I'm a cargo <laughs> captain.
0: What's this dumb, dumb, dumb episode about, Matthew? Uh,
1: mm, who Who says you can't go home again? <laughs> Mayweather gets a chilly reception from the old gang, but just like... Kalar and Worf, they part on good terms, because, I don't know, family is family, or something like that. Look, it doesn't get any kind of bonus spice from being a sci-fi take. That's pretty straight down the line in terms of a premise. I have it as a five. It feels generous.
0: It does feel a little generous, Maybe but because I,
1: I sounded like I was throwing up when I said it. Yeah. Because why it sounded so generous.
0: I think you got poisoned by the fact that I read the description, and it's dumb.
1: It's not a good episode. I mean, I knew that. I knew that from watching it. Uh, Yeah, I'll keep it as a five. We'll see what happens.
0: All right. Um, The take that I have is, uh, good leader knows when to ask for help.
1: Question marks of right, the right thing to put there.
0: Yeah. Uh, Paul's struggling to take over as captain, and his resentment of Travis makes him proud. But on the other hand, Travis has been learning bad lessons from Archer. Yeah. But because he's the series regular in this episode, they turn out okay.
1: (laughs) Both of us I gave it four,
0: but I also feel like it's generous.
1: (laughs) We both gave it more points than we feel like it really, as an episode, deserved. But maybe in execution, it'll...
0: I don't want to relitigate it too much. Uh, I am a three on execution. Okay. Uh, Once again... The idea of the cargo ship and life on the cargo ship more interesting than most of what we've seen in Enterprise. That's true. And I thought it was nice of them to finally give Mayweather some business, but there's not really enough happening in this to dig into. Like, here are some questions I had. Did the crew know Mayweather was the heir apparent to this ship? Yeah. And not Paul? How do they feel with him back on board?
1: Right. Aside
0: from Nora who confides in him.
1: Was anyone else pissed at him for leaving or just his dang old brother?
0: Right. Why doesn't Mayweather tell Archer about the attack at the end? Mm. Give me something on some of these things. I gave it three points for execution.
1: Uh, The casual viewer would be forgiven for not even knowing who Mayweather is. He's so (laughs) infrequently used.
0: Uh, Here's what I know about him. He's always playing pranks on Hoshi that we were told about one time that we've never seen. (laughs)
1: That's right. So to suddenly drop a sad, my dad died, and I don't know if he was even proud of me scene with sad music and Archer being a good, good friend seemed so weirdly forced. Yeah. they could have given us some background in previous episodes about his strange relationship with his dad, and then that scene would be worth something. But who's got time when you have to put 21 minutes of phaser fire in each episode? Unfortunately, I had the same thought throughout the rest of the episode, that this plot wasn't earned, might as well have been about a total stranger, and in that case, you would need more than 40 minutes to tell it. Still, Enterprise is at its best when it's doing this and not doing whatever Archer's normally up to. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, except for Judgment, which we did think was Enterprise's best, basically.
1: That's right. I appreciate the continuity of characters, bringing up the insane number of emergencies Enterprise has been through in the past couple of years uh, though it feels a little bit self-referential too it was different when Remick was purposely looking into Picard's shit but when, his, when yes. Mayweather's mom is just listing all the weirdness you're like felt it felt like they were just like hey remember when this happened uh, anyway I, I gave it a 4 it was a 4 for me uh Ben I uh, <clears throat> give it a 6 for the take opportunities also have their costs Mayweather had to leave behind his family to join Starfleet his brother only got to be captain cuz their dad died the brother also had to give up his pride to accept Mayweather's help to defeat the raiders yeah i guess and then Ben gave it a 3 on execution would the captain of a nimitz class carrier say the enterprise go off course for half a day so his trusty helmsman could get some r and r i don't think he would It's fair.
0: It's true. But his
1: dad died and then Uh, Archer was his good, good friend.
0: However, would the captain of a cruiser in the age of sail have done something like that? Because the Enterprise... So a a Nimitz-class carrier operates in a world where they are in constant communication with the fleet. Yeah, Where they're in essentially a very small world where that ship can be anywhere in the world in about two weeks, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. and also there's lots of other ways to get around the world. And Enterprise is operating in a very different way. Yeah. So I, I, I get it that it's not very military. But also we haven't seen any org except for the fact that this guy reports to an Admiral
1: Forrest. Just the one guy every time.
0: <laughs> it's not at all clear how there is a military at all. Or I don't think we've seen another ship or heard the name of another Starfleet ship yet.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Right? So it might be a little different.
1: Also, in the Age of Sail, like, he definitely would have done it because all the officers were probably well-to-do and had yeah. social connections and shit like that. And he, he would not on have your done own it. And had a
0: lot of control over your own mission. He would right? not
1: have done it in the Age of Sail for some uh, some underling fucking steerage or whatever.
0: Right. And this is a, the only sh- show that actually has uh, enlisted crew. I know. That we've ever seen, really. We know that O'Brien is enlisted in a way that doesn't matter. And uh and then also there's like crewman Simon Tarsis, but but what does it mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh world building. Is it is it me or you? Oh boy. It
0: must be.
1: I started, so then I ended, so it's me again? You. Alright. Uh a lot about how cargo ships of this era were often like family run and yeah. inherited even.
0: Almost more interesting, huh?
1: Yep, um, where people would like raise families to continue the line. It's kind of like a family restaurant being passed down over generations or something like that.
0: Yeah. But Dad didn't teach Paul how to make the special sauce. <laughs> That's
1: right, only only good boy Mayweather.
0: <laughs> the saws these are not so good. The uh,
1: plasma turn. Well, you know,
0: it's like... <sighs> His dad, his dad wanted Mayweather to be king next, but Mayweather just wanted to go fight in the mountains with bears or whatever, so Paul...
1: <laughs> I hear you. They flipped.
0: Did a bad coin flip? Yeah, did double-sided. A, did a cheater's coin flip to yeah. become king?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that. Bling, 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 bling. Um, <laughs> pla- uh, plasma turrets. Basari 2 has some dang old Frankensteins on it. Cargo Captain uh, re- cargo captain resents Starfleet because they take all the good crewmen and are going to eventually put them out of business. J-Class cargo ship that can separate the command module and the cargo section. Tarulitok, which is like Vulcan scare tactics to test emotional control.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a weird torture thing they do.
1: I remember the Vulcans having a good time at that nasty Montana bar with Zecock but T-Pole says they got a chilly response. That's right. It didn't seem that chilly. I don't remember that. I saw the movie.
0: They all got drunk together and listened to a jukebox.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, it was a three.
0: Uh, I'm a little rosier. I gave it as many as four.
1: Just for the cargo so... ship stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of cargo ship stuff. So uh, 30 light years is a distance that they can reverse course. Yeah. The captain's still doing those one-on-one breakfasts with people. Uh, Civilian communication channels aren't efficient. All of the J-Class cargo ship stuff, ECA licenses, plasma turrets, etc. So I think a a little more about the world. Unfortunately, not a part of the world that I think we're going to revisit a lot, but I guess it is part of the background of the world. So I gave it as many as four. Okay. And in characterization, I am also a four. Okay. So they've given Mayweather um, the most business he's had so far, and he pulls it off about 60%. Yep. He's good in the beginning when he finds out about his dad, but his arguments for fighting are nothing. He doesn't sell anything there. I didn't like everyone pressuring TiPal to go to this damn movie. Seriously. I didn't like Archer making it a mandatory date.
1: Yeah, it's not good.
0: I don't think I don't think Hoshi and Reed even got their little league turns in.
1: Boy, you might be right. I don't really remember if they said anything.
0: I think at some point someone someone has heard from Hoshi. Or Hoshi has heard from the horizon
1: like <laughs> yes, that's it I think you're right and we know we saw Phlox at the movie so he was in it
0: yeah Phlox was there running his mouth yeah so I don't think this thing did much characterization work maybe you disagree
1: well Mayweather a nice boy misses <laughs> being a boomer and hangs out in zero G to get all those old poop your pants feels yep he had some stuff with his dad. Looks like he had some stuff with his brother too. Uh he always dreamed of being an explorer and he mapped out all the systems he'd one day visit when he was a kid in his quarters or whatever. Mayweather talking about all the lessons Archer taught him scared me. Archer feels yeah. the need Archer feels the need to reassure the crew that going back to look at this planet is only a quick detour. I guess that means even though um they're there to explore they might find any kind of backtracking to be a sign that they like don't have confidence in the mission or
0: whatever. It's the failure of their mission if they don't go another fifty light years if they out. They
1: don't just keep going straight out. A lot of peer pressure about going to the movie. I sympathize with her. She already sees these dudes all day, every day. Now she's got to spend her evenings with them too, and she's a room to spend full her of them. Casual time with them. Like they know she thinks they smell bad, right? <laughs> Like, she told Archer humans smell bad to her, and it's going to be a whole room full of them. That's right.
0: Oh, um, you know that room's going to smell like popcorn farts. Even if you're a human, that's what it's going to smell like at the end of Frankenstein.
1: It, um, it was a five for me. There was development stuff for Mayweather, but the people on the ship weren't nice to people.
0: No... <laughs> It's true. So. wasn't all but good. Ben, what's Ben's second half?
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Ben gave a four in world building. Mayweather suggests families uh, are on starships, which is a nice continuity with, with TNG. Um, it's a little bit different because they're not. Oh, he thinks they should be on starships. I got it. Which would be continuity for TNG. And Reed suggests a counselor. Uh, freighters are old and slow, but with a bit of work can be formidable enough. Uh, They're also modular, something like a tractor trailer. So more cargo stuff. Characterization, he only gave a three. Trip plays the harmonica because, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Was that in this episode, too? I didn't even see that. Yeah. Uh
0: he goes to talk to T Pole and she's like, You've been practicing your dumb harmonica. I got uh, the impression that maybe she can like hear it through the walls okay. or whatever and she hates it. I must have just But it was again not made explicit. I spaced was going out on we there. saw him
1: play it one time in one episode many episodes ago and it made me angry. Um uh, let's see. Uh yeah, all the stuff about Mayweather and his brother. Yeah, he gave it a three. Uh a quick hitters why doesn't the Enterprise crew watch any movie made after, like, 1959?
0: It's almost... It's almost like they've got public domain
1: issues. Yeah. Uh, until this white girl showed up, I was afraid I'd have to criticize the showrunners for making um, the crew of that cargo ship be, like, all Buick commercials. Right. Where, like, every race has to hang out only with his or her fellows. <laughs> But I'm glad I didn't have to do that because uh, there were. I also saw an Asian take in the that back. General Motors. <laughs> that's right. I saw I saw an Asian in the back of a mess when he and his mom were eating too. So, uh, I was really all. Oh I yeah, had,
0: neither one of us said Nutri-Packs in our world building.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm never. It's not worth a point. You'll never make me say it. Uh, that's all I had for quick hitters.
0: So, uh, his mom made his room up all fancy, and then she had, like, one more interaction with him all episode? That can't have been the visit she was hoping for.
1: No, well, she probably didn't think they were gonna get attacked by not-Masorites, but close. So, that that took a lot of time.
0: Yeah. Who are any of these people? Who are they to Travis?
1: That'd be cool, right? It'd be cool to know that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The B-plot about horror movies seems like it belongs in the first six episodes. Yeah. When T-Pole thought humans were dumb and smelled bad and smothered Archer with her sport horns.
2: God damn it.
0: <laughs> A lot of missed opportunities in this episode. Hardly anything about how the boomers feel about Starfleet and why. Just that thing about recruiting problems. Yeah. And the sea plot about the planet's geological activity goes extra nowhere. Well,
1: yeah, that never... Does that, have, does that happen? Do they do it? Why the
0: dramatic announcement that they found biosigns if it was just going to be some boiling hot microbes? Yeah. I gave best actor to it basically has to be Travis.
1: Yep. I think that's
0: right. And worst actor to trip.
1: Wow. You know, normally we, we, we think the opposite. Normally we think trips. Okay. Cause he can play. He has won it many times. Yes. He can play. Just Cause he seems
0: idiot. like a person in the world.
1: Fine. And then Mayweather's not good, but yeah. Okay.
0: Matthew, Dude, we did the it. numbers are in. In 5th place this week, with 13 points...
1: It's very bad.
0: It's an extremely bad score. <laughs> it's Voyager with the Swarm. No. I gave it 6, you gave it 7. We both hated this. <laughs> it's best score was a 5 in characterization, and that was bottom 25%.
1: I don't... I don't want them to fall further behind.
0: Mm,
2: the yeah. last
1: one that scored as bad as a 13 was during that terrible Enterprise run. Where they... In and in week. Uh, 35 they had a 20 in week 36 they had a 12 and in week 37 they had a 13
0: yeah catwalk was our last 13 because uh, yeah. I no-taked it
1: that's right yeah.
0: <sighs> woof hey in 4th uh, place this week with 26 points that's literally twice as many points mm-hmm. TOS Gamesters of Triskelion
1: twice as many points and still terrible
0: yeah 3rd uh, place this week in the middle slot with 32 points is Enterprise with Horizon. So they picked up an additional 19 points this
1: week on oh, Voyager. Damn it.
0: <laughs> Not close. No, Not close at all.
1: That was a big one.
0: Real close, though, was the uh, second first place. In second place this week with 41 points, uh, pretty good showing, TNG, the Emissary, and the winner for the 10th time, Jeez. with 42 points, DS9, the Jem'Hadar, they now have 10 wins, uh, TOS has 16, Next Generation has 14, Enterprise 3, Voyager 2.
1: I guess that's on me. I gave it 22 to your 20, and you gave the Emissary 21 to my 20. So yep. That was the split.
0: Yeah, but we we both agreed about which the two good episodes were this week. We just had them in a the different order. And
1: in fact, we were no more than two points apart on any of them.
0: Any of the episodes. Yeah, we had a real, this was a real consensus week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had two over you on Triskelion and and, uh, and one over you in The Emissary and then you were uh two one and two over me in the other three so pretty close yep next week okay TOS A Piece of the Action
1: that's not gonna be good
0: I think that's the Chicago Mobsters one it's not, gonna,
1: it's not a good one
0: <laughs> TNG Peak Performance at least
1: there's that
0: Peak Performance Uh, season 3 of DS9 is going to start with the search part 1
1: I know what that is
0: first part of a two-parter where they go looking for the dominion Mm. Voyager false prophets can't wait
1: Frankie can't
0: wait to see Voyager with their typical strong stance on religion do an episode (laughs) called false prophets
1: yeah do you suppose Janeway will um but what do you know maybe (laughs) raise the possibility of something and Uh. then dismiss it and kind of shrug our shoulders and the episode will end uh, I don't know, you tell me about the afterlife like, I don't know is it like, and, do you think? <laughs> maybe, I mean I mean, I've read about it is it real? Know. I can't say are we fading I out? we want to take a stand oh, we're fading out now
0: <laughs> and Enterprise uh, the breach, I assume there will be a hall breach I'm, that's I'm, the I'm, only <laughs> thing I can assume based on the way I, Enterprise names their episodes
1: I'm guessing that's true
0: that's what you should watch if you want to play along. Next week will be a mailbag,
1: however. Yeah. Please send us mail. That's a good start. Yes. You can send it to the Twitter machine, at Brother Date. Uh, I don't know if we'll have a book report done by then. I know one's in the works. Um, if you want to find some of these old episodes, you can either go to the website, brotherdate.com, or you can go to iTunes. Uh, I have not listened to one of our old episodes in a while. I haven't run out of my other podcasts in a while. Um, and yeah, and we will be back next week with some, uh, I don't know. Do you think there's going to be a project? Are you still working on a project?
0: Mm, I'm sort of still working on it. Okay, well, I, and uh, by which I mean, I've got a lot of work to do still. <laughs> no rush. Cool.
1: All right, everybody. It was fun. Sort of parts of it. Bye. Dude, how's, you,
0: how's your him? kid ever going to get, be any better than a, fabric merchant getting raked by garrick cuz he he's he has a webcam video of you masturbating to porn <laughs> and got your password <laughs>